know. Is the intro going to play or not? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> you good? know what? Hey, I think we're live right now. That's all that matters. You got me. I don't know what's going on, guys. I'm so sorry. Just to be straight up honest with you, it is 20 after 9. We've been waiting in the green room to start, and it's all on me. We've probably been back there probably 5 till 9. This is my second computer that I've got going trying to work on this. It's been something crazy for me. And now the Wi-Fi notification up here that's usually saying low is gone. So it must be great connection now. So you know what? But let's just act part in the show now. Hey, welcome to MNC Hoops, where we just now went live. I don't know what you're thinking if you, you've seen anything else. Like, it, that is, uh, what do they call that, the mandolin effect. It did not happen. So, Nick, CJ, how you guys doing? Have we been watching some basketball all day? Because, you know, with the help of CJ, I've been watching more basketball today than I have in a little while, and I'm so thankful for that. Sorry for the delay, delay for us getting started. How are you guys doing today? Let's get this going. Playoff basketball is here, baby. Um, I, I'm I'm going to say this right here, man. This is probably the best first round, or this has potential to be the best first round that I've seen in a very, very long time. Like a lot of these matchups are really good. You know, I, I know I know everybody's only played one game, but this has potential to be a really great first round series for all teams. Yeah, it's been a great it's been a great weekend so far. You know, we got the Clippers and, the, and Phoenix going going at it right now. And then we got Minnesota versus Denver uh, to cap off the night, cap off the weekend for game one. So it's, it's been great. It's been some some really good games, some close games, some blowouts. It's been a mixed bag, but uh, this, this is this is the perfect time of the year. So I'm excited to chop it up with you guys. Now, I just want to know before we get into this, because, you know, we haven't had a good food talk in a long time. And, you know, I've, guys, I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier now. And salad's becoming one of my new new favorite meals, I guess, have to be. I want to know, we've had this debate with uh, buffalo wings and what what's your sauce and everything. So what's your sauce for, uh, for your salads? I don't really eat salad, but definitely ranch or honey mustard. Like honey Italian mustard on salad? Yeah, you, you never had that before? Honey mustard, yeah. I mean, I, I eat it. honey mustard all the time on, like, you know, Subway on sandwiches, but I've never heard of honey, honey mustard on a salad. I would recommend Which it. I mean, honestly, I, I, I never really can. heard of it. I uh, I think it was, like, a few years ago, I ended up getting a salad from Walmart, and they, they just had the honey mustard there on the side. And I was like, okay. So it's pretty good. I would, I would recommend it. Yeah, for me, uh, Italian so dressing. Basically, you started using honey mustard by accident. <laughs> yeah. Italian dressing. And That's I, supposed to be the most healthiest, right? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, that's, that's my favorite out of out of the ranch. And uh, I like Thousand Islands a little bit. Vinaigrette is solid. Vinaigrette's good. Yeah, but I, I, usually go, I usually go with Italian. Anything with blue cheese. It's cool with me. Nah. Yeah, I don't, I don't rock with blue cheese. 
I don't think blue cheese is a salad dressing either, but that could be me. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, some people might. Some people might use it on a salad. Some people might. I don't know. That'd be a question for Connie, but you know, we won't even get into that conversation with blue cheese and blue buffalo, but or buffalo. So that's just totally nasty. <laughs> Ranch over blue tea, but, uh, cheese any day of the week. Uh, hands down, by far, easily, and bone in is a waste of time and waste of energy. But anyways, so but hang on, hang on, real quick. Since, you, since, since we're on the food <laughs> talk, I want to ask y'all this real quick. I know it's not a healthy topic, but does pineapples go on pizza? I need to hear from y'all too. Absolutely not. Okay, no. thank you. Nah, thank you, thank you. Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I never order Hawaiian. Because they 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 kill me all the time when I see that people be killing me. I'm like, no, it just it's not a good combination. It's just not. Yeah, it's not my style. It's not my style. I, personally, I don't think chicken goes on a pizza either. Really? Uh, I, yeah, like. So, what do you prefer, pepperoni pizza. or just like straight cheese? I oh, mean, I'm straight meat lovers. I mean, it's it's got to be all of it: sausage, pepperonis, even some of that ham. I mean, chicken's a meat. Don't don't say pause. Just, I'm letting you rock. Uh, chicken is a meat. Man. Chicken is a meat, but I just when they do the, like the buffalo on the pizza, I just like if I want buffalo chicken, I'll order a buffalo chicken. I don't want the breaded like pizza with it. I I just don't understand the combo with that. Buffalo sauced hey. bread isn't isn't good to me. <laughs> buffalo sauced bread. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. I don't mind I mean, buffalo is, chicken. Is that a bad bacon. take? I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's your preference. It's your preference. I, I'm cool with it. You know, like if it's if it's there, I'll eat it. You know, do I order that? Not necessarily. I probably just get pepperoni. Um, Sometimes, sometimes chicken, yeah, but usually pepperoni or I have just chicken. extra cheese. Um, yeah, sausage. don't be just the cheese guy. Don't be that guy. What's no, wrong I'm saying, with this you know, cheese? I'm saying, I'm saying, if there's like, if there's a mix, you know, mixed boxes, you know what I mean? Like that's, I'm not gonna shy away from from any of those. But if yeah, if I was to order, yeah, pepperoni, sausage, chicken as well, bacon, gotta mix it up. I don't see nothing wrong with this cheese. Everyone, okay, I'm just going to say this. I hated the people in school. Like, you know, when you had those pizza parties, like you'd have six pepperonis, six pizzas, and you, or uh, six sausage uh, orders, and then you have that one cheese, and everyone goes for everything. And they're like, just the cheese is left because there was one kid that wanted just cheese, and there's a whole pizza that's basically wasted because it has no toppings but cheese on it. Like, come on, like, eat pepperoni <laughs> might, or just take it might off. Be. He might be vegetarian. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Nah, nah. He's probably lactose intolerant, and, and stupid guys getting more cheese. Like, <laughs> who orders just cheese pizza? Like, for Nick, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm asking you this. Have you seriously ordered straight from a like a pizza restaurant? And said, hey, can I have cheese pizza? I don't. I don't think I've ordered like just cheese myself, but I, I also don't okay. mind it okay, either. So good. I, I mean, I, I don't mind it. Like, MC you know, hoops. Just saying. <laughs> MG's hoops. No, MC meat, hoops. The meat, meat lover, meat. Out. MC hoops, meat lovers, cheese hoops. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, just, I always hated it because 
Because you always had to, like, every party there's ever been, you always, always have to order those cheese pizzas for those. Well, that wouldn't eat pepperoni or sausage. Like, what person don't eat I mean, pepperoni or I mean, to, to, be, to be fair, to be fair, I don't care for pepperoni. I mean, not, no not, not saying that I will... Yeah, not 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 saying that I'll eat just cheese, but I'll, I'll prefer any of anything else but pepperonis personally. But you'll eat sausage though, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll eat sausage. Sausage is actually my favorite. And and actually, this is underrated. I like black olives on my nope. pizza. Oh man, get out of here with that crap! Don't put so you like water on your pizza. pizza. You don't like black olives? I like black olives on my pizza. My wife does too, and it always ruins it. Like, come on, man! It's good. I hate it too. Like when you, I hate when you order like a half pizza. You know, like meat lovers on one half, and the other ones like vegetables, like my wife likes. And then on that one half, you know, that's very close where they cut it between the two. Some of her toppings are on mine. Like, come on, oh man, it's supposed to be half. You cut it perfectly. I don't want her toppings on my pizza because then those flavors get into my pizza, and I don't like it. That's nasty. If I wanted it on there, I would have ordered it. My man is meticulous with his pizza, man. Uh, am I? Do I stand alone on this? Am I on an island by myself? Like, <laughs> would you get a pizza and it's half and half? Like, oh man, that's nasty. Even if you pick them off, like, there's still some flavors on there, like the the banana peppers. You're like, oh, that's pretty nasty. But I'm fat, so I'm like, I'm on a, I'm gonna man up and still eat it. But like, it's pretty gross. I don't like banana peppers. I ain't gonna lie. Nah, never, never been a fan of banana peppers. Nah, I don't like one. <laughs> I don't even like the green onions on a pizza. Like y'all, y'all, y'all have, have y'all ever seen green onions on a pizza? I don't really like that either. Not green onions, but green peppers. Oh, yeah, green peppers! Yeah, my bad, my bad. That's what you mean. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said green onions. I was like, wait a second, onions—they're wild, I'm pretty sure, but you know, purplish. But people uh, onions on a pizza too. I don't like that. See. It's a little bit of a texture thing for me too, like mushrooms and onions. No, I don't like the way. Good. I don't like good. the way it feels when I take a bite. My mouth, the way that texture is, no, nah, it's that's going out. Mike the picky, yo. Mike the straight pepperoni and meat lovers. <laughs> Absolutely, else. period. The end. The end. There's nothing else you need to have. Like, it blows my mind that people will get, like, vegetables. Like, if you're a vegetarian, why are you even ordering pizza? Like, don't make sense. Like cheese. With... Like pizza and you like cheese. I don't know. But when, when has anyone ever ate vegetables with pizza sauce? Like, that's never outside of anything other than on a pizza. Like, you know, you can make other things together, like hamburgers. You know, you can do them with wraps and stuff like that. Make like a taco with it or stuff. You can do other varieties of it. But like when you order a pizza, you can't like, hey, let's make this into a uh, a salad pizza here. Like, that don't make no that's, sense. That's that's literally what they were trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it don't make no sense to me. Like if you want that's a salad, do. don't go to pizza. Just get a salad or or get from the salad bar. Don't order a pizza. Now, Michael, Michael, do you have a Papa John's nearby you? Now, dude, I know we pour down here in the Appalachia of Kentucky. I, I, I gotta ask. I gotta ask. We, we have a John. We got the fast okay. food where you, you get fatty fat, okay? I have to ask. We got Papa John's. We've got Little Caesars. We've got Pizza Hut. I wish we had Domino's. I mean, our Little Caesar is pretty good. It, it used to be really bad, but like it went away for a while and then it came back, and it's pretty good now. 
I guess new ownership, but Domino's is the best pizza by, by far, is it not? Second best. Yeah, Domino's, Papa John's. Domino's is good. Domino's is good. I, Papa John's. You think Papa John's is number one? Yes. Papa John's is the best. Yeah. Sec- Domino's, uh, Domino's is second best. Domino's is second best. Dick. We're going to be arguing a lot in this this episode. I can already Bro, tell. the Papa John's crust is crazy, man. Like it's nasty. It's so dry. It's good. What? Come on. And look, I, I love Domino's. I love Domino's. Don't get me wrong, but I got to always go Papa John's. I'll say this later. Just remember this conversation about the crust and it being dry, and we're talking about Nicholas, okay? That's all I'm going to say. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Just say roommates and keep on going. Crying, we there. Oh, but uh, yeah, that uh, that Papa John's crust—that's nasty. Like it, what's all that powder even on it? Like it goes Domino's, Pizza Hut. I'd even say Little Caesars before Papa John's. Now, now that's now, that now, now that's now that's disrespectful. That's very disrespectful. Come on, man. Little hey, Caesars over Papa Caesar's John's. A, nah, I can't go that far. Nah. That crazy cheese. Maybe maybe by you. That's true, because y'all say KFC's bad, and KFC's pretty good. I got yeah. Pizza Hut over Little Caesars. I, I, I would, I Pizza would, Hut's I would super truly, I would truly hope y'all KFC is elite, bro. <laughs> yeah, if, if y'all KFC wasn't elite over there in Kentucky, that'd be a problem. <laughs> that's bad. Like, <laughs> that means everybody else is definitely doomed. Yeah, bro. Like, I would hope y'all have the best Well, KFC if y'all ever come to where I'm uh, we're actually an hour and a half, I think, from where the actual KFC was first ever made, built, invented, whatever. We can go visit if y'all want to. Okay. Yeah, we can do I that. hope it's good. I hope it's good. We can do that for sure, man. There's actually a two-story McDonald's here, too. Not in Harlem, but close by. Y'all ever seen a two-story McDonald's? Mm-hmm. Nah, exactly. I've never seen one. I hadn't either. I don't eat McDonald's anyway, so. What? I, I, I can't Wait. do McDonald's. The last few times I the last few times I did McDonald's, I got sick, so I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll eat, let's, I'll, let's just I'll do eat the fries. I like the fries. You know, the fries used to be the best thing, but like even the fries are going down a little bit, you know? Really? All right, CJ, start with you. You go to Wendy's, you pull up, what do you get? Because let's be honest, you don't go to a restaurant and like look at the menu. You know what you want on that menu when you go to that restaurant. Uh, I get a, you know, I probably get a baconator, uh, some spicy chicken nuggets, some fries, um, and then okay, all right. Either, you know, if I'm if I'm feeling alright, probably maybe milkshake, but I usually just go fountain drink. Yo, the chocolate frosty. You got to go with the chocolate. Chocolate frosty, yeah, yeah, frosty, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Since you said frosty. And then we'll get into the actual episode since we're already 15 minutes talking about food. Did you ever dip your fries in your Frosty? I mean, yeah, I have. I have. I definitely have. Okay. You know what's so crazy? It's, like, it's not something I do like all the time, but I have done it like growing up and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Like, I, I used to not do it yeah, for the long time, but then, my, but then my, friend, my friend actually um, influenced me to do it again. It's, it's good. It's really good. Influence. Like, it's like you're doing something wrong here. Man, influence me into dipping well, my fries. Well, I, 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 like, I thought it was weird. For, I thought it was weird, like, um, having the salt and then the, the, like, the ice cream. I was like, I, I don't really know about that. But man, then my friend was like, yo, you need to do hard. it. I, I tried it. I tried it, and it was good. 
Okay, go to Subway. Nick, we'll start with you. Actually, what do you get from Wendy's? I didn't ask you. What do you get from Wendy's when you go? What do I get from Wendy's? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a ten piece nugget spicy with fries and okay. a frosty. And honey mustard, I'm assuming, since you get it on a salad. Actually, actually, you know what's at, at Wendy's I got sweet sour. Sweet and sour? Crazy as it is. Okay. The sweet and sour sauce is good. It's fair enough. I get a spicy chicken sandwich every time. Like, I'll go to Wendy's and think, hey, I'm going to get something different. And I'll look at the menu. Nope, got to get a spicy chicken sandwich straight up every time. Uh, have you all had their lemonade, that strawberry lemonade they have? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, good. Wendy's. It it's is good. so good. No, I haven't it's had good. it. I haven't been to Wendy's You've in not, a minute. I haven't been to Wendy's in uh, a while either. It's been DJ, a while. tomorrow, you need to go to Wendy's <laughs> to get that strawberry lemonade. And then take a picture of it so. on Instagram oh. for proof. I don't know if there's a Wendy's by me in South Carolina. I know there's a couple of Zaxby's and there's a couple other places. Zaxby's is elite. Oh, my goodness. Elite. I wish there was a Zaxby's so close. <laughs> that spicy chicken that they have is so good on that uh, Texas toast. Bone, they do. Oh. Boneless wings of things, always. Boneless wings of things. You guys in the gotta, oh my gosh. You gotta have you gotta add em, you gotta add emphasis on the boneless <laughs> with the hot honey mustard sauce on the chicken every time. Listen, two people that bone in wings, one you're nasty because you, you bone in wings all is good. I like bone in wings. I like both. How is how is how is bone in nasty? Because your hands and everything that you are touching around is nasty. There is no way that you can eat bone-in wings and be clean. You've destroyed so many napkins because I've tried it before and I've destroyed like four or five <laughs> napkins. Oh, my lord, I'm killing all experience. kinds of trees, and it's the experience, man. I felt like I worked out trying to get them bones out of there. And they nice. show some of these videos where like pump, pump, and it's out. Nah, that ain't that ain't true. That's fake. Can you yes. do it, CJ? I, I, I need a video <laughs> next time that you. I need like a tutorial, a tutorial somehow. So on sorry, Michael, just proved, Michael just proved that he's a messy eater. Anyway. Michael just proved he's a messy I mean, eater. <laughs> everyone's a messy eater when it comes to bone ends. I mean, there's no way that you can't be. Heck, I even oh. tried to rape it down with a fork, and it still didn't come off of there. With the fork? Bone in wings? Nah, bro. No, no chance. Boning is good. I like boneless. I mean, again, it's like you know a, you know a high tech chicken nugget. That's what it is. That's, that's what everyone says. It's like chicken nuggets. <laughs> that's what... yeah, it's just like a. It's like a. And Nick already told like us a... when he goes to Wendy's, he's getting spicy chicken, so it's fine. We're okay with that. Yeah, it is. It's twenty twenty three. If that chicken nugget wants to be called a buffalo wing, it can be called a buffalo wing now. Okay. I'm not here to judge what it wants to be. I'm just here to eat it and say that it tastes good with that garlic on it, okay? I don't judge it, That's bro. It. Like I said, if I want it, I'm going to order it <laughs> every time. Either, either one. I don't discriminate at all. Good catch there. Good catch because I felt like he was going to say eat it, and then I was going to say pause on you just to be mean, but you said nah, it I already know how to you know use words right and not you know, get I, know that, I do not. I it's do a, not. It's a New York thing. You got to kind of just, you know, got to figure your way. You got to figure that out. 
understand. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we, we've given some reactions to our food takes, and we're at almost 20 minutes now, and we've already bored Nick. He's already on Twitter looking for something to post here. So let's go ahead and start diving into the first game today. Uh, let's go ahead and shoot over to – Who are we uh, talking Laker about right now? Oh, oh Wait, no, no, no. We, we got to wait. We got to wait until Corbin gets here. We got to wait until Corbin gets here. He's a Laker fan. Okay. Oh, that's right. Uh, All right. Fair yeah. enough. That's fair enough. So let's get into the game. Let's talk about – let's talk, oh, hang on a minute. Let's talk about New York stand up. We got to talk uh, about it. I mean, we kind of we kind of had it in order, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's we got go. an order going on. Order. All right. It's cool. It's cool. We got to cool. have an order. God. You can tell who prepares for the shows and who doesn't. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Oh. Nick's so not ever clicked so the banners before in his life over there. He don't even know what that order is. <laughs> hey, y'all, y'all said we we're talking game ones. I, I didn't know we were going like which one. Hey, but, but we good. We good. Let's talk about Warriors Kings game one. Go ahead. Start it off, bro. It's your squad. <sighs> like the beam. Like the beam. Shout out to Sacramento Kings. Got a good win in game one. This is exactly what I'd be telling you guys about the Warriors, you know, especially on the road. Great first half. Somehow we collapsed in the second half. The Warriors had a real problem. Shout out to uh shout out to De'Aaron Fox had a strong had a strong opening playoff game, first playoff game of his career, 38 points. Malik Mall came off the uh came off the benches, provided a spark, you know, and the rest of the guys, you know, it was it was really a team effort. So shout out to the Kings. They played exceptional basketball, exceptional defense in the fourth quarter. Um and it, it was a good win for them. Really, really good win. Um, taking care of home court advantage. You could tell the energy of the crowd was there. It was the first playoff game in 16 years, so the energy was definitely there. The Warriors had a little, had a few collapses. Andrew Wiggins ended up missing a, um, an open corner three. Um, but honestly, man, I mean, this, this is going to be a really good series. I still got, I still got dubs and six. I still got dubs and six. I think that it's going to be. I think it's gonna be a dog fight. I think that the Warriors still have to get at least one road win in, in order to um, in order to really clinch the series. But shout out to the Kings, man. You know they're young, they're hungry, they play terrific defense, they execute well on both ends of the floor, and we'll just see what we'll just see what the series is made of in Game Two. Michael, what's your thoughts, my guy? I'm just gonna say, uh, first of all. First of all, enjoyed our space that we did. Nick and I, because CJ was a no-show for the longest time, because he was recapping with someone else, not calling out, just being funny here, uh, with the Knicks game with someone else, so which I'm sure I made the space. Like, <laughs> but uh, it was, a, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we we got a lot of guys uh, from people we don't know that jumped in there. Lamar, one of the guys from our Unread Sports Network. Shout out to Lamar, man. Lamar, Lamar brought the energy yesterday, man. Y'all saw he that? He really did. He was very loud. <laughs> like, you know, you can't see it on Spaces, but you can hear it, Nick. But that's okay. But uh, he was really bringing out some good points in that third quarter with the Warriors. Because the Warriors, if you watch the game, they were up by, I think, about 10 or 15 points. You're ending the third quarter, or as the third quarter was ending. Let me say it that way. And uh, Steve Carter took out. Curry to keep him fresh for the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, Trey Lyles hit a couple of threes, or hit one three, I think it was, put a couple of putbacks, or got a rebound putback. Maybe one was a three-point play and had a 10 points of a 14-2 to two run, I think it was, in the third quarter. And it kind of opened up the whole court during that little spread of uh, maybe 10 minutes or so like that, where Trey Lyles was hitting a jump shot, also doing some banging down low to get the rebounds on the boards and scoring. 
And then uh, Fox was hitting from that left elbow. Everything, of course, we know he's left-handed. Everything he was doing, uh, he was basically driving at will. And when he was shooting a jump shot, he was right there at the left side of the elbow hitting that perfectly. Uh, Monk would take his shots as needed, knock down as well. And it really was who was going to shoot or score last, basically, almost. And then it almost got like uh, – I'll say it. Uh, Clay took a couple of shots that he probably shouldn't have early in the shot clock. After uh, Curry hit a couple of threes, it's like Clay had to have his turn missed, and it really was was a worst time scenario to take that. And it was a long rebound took out, and Kings capitalized real quick on it, and it just it happened real quick uh, with times running out of the clock or in the fourth quarter. So what I'm getting to, Kings didn't make the bad errors, and it's almost like the Warriors had mental breakdowns a lot more. Warriors had the game. They, they led basically three quarters. It's just at the end of the third quarter, the Kings took the lead, and they didn't step off of the gas for the rest of the fourth quarter. Fox at 25 having, I think, 36 points. Monk having 30 as well, or 31, I think. These guys from Kentucky, they rep in the Wildcat, the Big Blue Nation well. I am going to love watching this series. I do think Warriors take the punch and they're going to answer back because I think Curry won't be out that long of a period between third and fourth quarter rest. It's playoffs. If you don't win, you got to keep on playing uh, or you're going home. So uh, with that being said, I can't wait to see this game again already. Like as soon as the game ended, I was ready for it to keep going. I thought I was going to be more excited for the Cavs and Knicks series but I think I'm more excited about this one because, to me, this is taking a big leap. If Fox keeps it up like he did, making him a superstar for the league put on notice now. What about you, CJ? Go ahead, CJ. Oh, we got the hey. goat in the building. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> Do oh, not. <laughs> Good evening. How are y'all today? <laughs> Thanks for having me yeah, on. Great, Corbin. Great. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for putting up me. I was running late watching the game. And you know, Arizona, I never know the time zone here. So I'm like, oh, I got another hour. And I'm reaching out. And y'all are like, yeah, yeah, 20 minutes. I was like, 20 minutes? <laughs> so I appreciate y'all. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. We kind of really, started a little late. So we, we, we just oh. we just kicking off. So you Gucci. I appreciate you. Good. Oh, oh my God. I'm, I'm grateful. I thank you. <laughs> yes, sir. So yeah, I mean, you could, you know, you could start start right here with us. Like, what, what's your what was your reaction to this uh, Warriors versus Kings game one uh, showdown? It was fun. Before that's you the first start, thing. Corbin, uh, if you want to just uh, if uh, you want to go ahead and like let everybody know where they can find you out, your shows that you got going on, and uh, promote oh, yourself real quick, yeah. and then go right down into it. Cause I we, appreciate. I mean, it. Obviously, we want you to. That's where we can find you too. I thank y'all. I thank y'all. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter um, at CorbinNBA. Instagram, too, same thing, but I'm not really on there. But, you know, if you want. Um, I host a show called Round Ball Ramble um, and a couple of the side podcasts as well. And then I also um, am a contributor for Switch Theory. I actually just wrote a piece about uh, the Portland Trailblazers, a little history piece about their GM, um, Bob Whitsett, who from, like, 94 to 2003 was in charge and, like, built this team that was, you know, falling apart after making two NBA finals, made them into NBA finals contenders again, and then basically tore them down for no reason aside from the fact that he was on NBA 2K, you know, trade mode the entire time. Um, so that was a fun piece I did. I definitely encourage folks to check that out. But, um, yeah, thank you again. And aside from that, like, in just in terms of the series, man, I think I was having fun last night. Like, 
this Kings Warriors game is exactly what uh, that game was like a synopsis of what we were hoping it would be. You know, just elite shot making, good offense. You had some interesting defensive foibles and switches. Mm-hmm. And I liked how you broke down, you know, the end, how, you know, the Warriors kind of went more to Clay, who had the hot hand at certain points, but was not your go to guy when, for example, I, uh, there was only one like um, Steph Curry, Dream on Green pick and roll, which usually is like a good action for them, right? But they were so focused on getting Clay, was I'm going to get mine. Okay, well, you know, you can't always do that, right? But on the other hand, De'Aaron Fox, man, I mean, I would say he's him, if not for Austin Reeves, but, you know, like. We'll get to that later. Okay, for sure. But, like, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I got to say, like, he, for a playoff debut, to be able to put up 38 points, to be as effective as he was, you know, constantly getting to see the defense, forcing, you know, rotations for kickouts, drawing fouls, all of that was a sight to see. And then my guy, Malik Monk, also playoff debut. But, like, I'm mourned that he went to left the Lakers, and I, I, saw, I saw the vision. And, and, and it happened. So, like, to see him, you know, I didn't think he was going to go 14 to 14 from the free throw line, but that's what he did, and it was great. In addition to that, you know, he was taking big shots, and him and Fox, really, those college teammates kind of rallied, like, they were the fire starters for the entire fourth quarter, which was really cool. So, the Warriors have some things they can definitely work on to get better. Obviously, the, the Kings do as well. You know, they had two of their guys who – couldn't make a bucket, you know, in Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter. So I expect some more adjustments to happen and such, but it, it should be fun. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to the rest of the series. Yeah, it was, yes, it, it lived up to the hype. It lived up to the hype. It was obviously back and forth. Two great players uh, between, you know, Darren Fox and obviously Stephen Curry. They had a, you know, had a great battle, great duel. Like Michael said, you know, Golden State really had the game in control for the majority of, of the of the game. First, you know, three and a half quarters or so. Uh, they were in control. They were up at halftime. And just fourth quarter, second half, De'Aaron Fox, man. I mean, it's just what he's been doing all season. Leading the league in clutch points. He's going to get the this new award, clutch, clutch, clutch player of the year. <laughs> new award that they added. He's obviously going to win that one. Um, and uh, he, he deserves that. 29 points in the second half. 38 in total. Malik Monk stepped up. Even Sabonis didn't have a great game. I think Draymond and Kevon Looney, you know, them being, you know, them being really physical with him. He's going to struggle in this series. He's going to have a better game than what he had last night. But even with him struggling offensively, still got double-digit rebounds. I believe he had 16 or 17 rebounds. 16 rebounds, yeah. 16 rebounds. Malik Monk stepped up big off the bench. And, and that's and that's what he does. And, and that's what we expected. You look at when he when he came to Sacramento, I think some people said know why but you know him and fox they have this chemistry from when they were at kentucky and and, and that when uh their freshman year and the, success, the success that they had <laughs> facts and the success that they had and now it's translating the nba uh they're much more uh mature now uh they're better players they've improved uh, their game and and we're seeing it and just because you're inexperienced doesn't mean you're not ready for the ready for the challenge and, and that's exactly what Sacramento did. They stepped up. They're not afraid of Golden State. Uh, they and it starts with their head coach. Their head coach was the the Warriors' defensive coordinator for what seven years. So he knows a lot of their plays. He knows a lot of their actions. He runs a lot of their plays <laughs> and their actions. We saw you saw a lot of ball movement, a lot of cuts to the basket um, in this series in Game One. So this is going to be a chess match, and it's, I truly think it's going to come down to you know the fourth quarter, late five five six minutes left in the game. Who's going to make enough? Who's going to make enough plays on offense, and who's going to get enough stops on the other side? And uh, for Game One, it was Sacramento's night. But either way, if Golden State, if they want to win the series, they obviously have to win one on the road. It's 
it's a given. Uh, it's, it's no other way. There's no other way around it. Uh, they had their opportunities, like I said, but they didn't get it done. So uh, we'll see what they do in game two. So these were two two of the top two teams in, uh, I think, defensive rating this year. So it's, it's like I said last night in space, like expect a shootout. I think this is going to come down to really a shootout throughout most of the series. We saw, we saw clips of it. We saw a glimpse of it in game one last night, and I think it's going to continue. You know, who's going to have the hot hand for Sacramento? Either Darren Fox, either Malik Monk, either Kevin Herter, whoever. Same thing for the Warriors. Either Steph, either Claire, either Jordan Poole, either Andrew Wiggins, whoever it may be. So, you know, with these two teams being such great scoring teams, I mean, you know, I just I just think that we need to expect a lot of offense. I agree. Wiggins, I mean, it went right down to the wire. I mean, Wiggins had the opportunity to hit that shot and I believe tie it. Uh, Steph had a Steph had a solid look as well. I think it was like two and a half seconds left. So it's just, you know, it's attention to detail. That's what it's going to come down to uh, for both teams. And for Golden State's sake, since they've struggled so much on the road, it's a concern. Um, and obviously, you know, if they get one, they're obviously confident of them and them going back to the Chase Center. They've, they've turned the Chase Center into the new Oracle. I mean, I mean it's like it's, it's, it's insane. 33 and eight. Second best, uh, second best home record in the NBA behind the Grizzlies. It's just dominant. They're, they're, they've been dominant. So I'm looking forward to this chess match, definitely, in this uh, this first round. All right, so we waited. We waited for you to pull up. You put up at the right time. We know we got to get into your Lakers. Lakers versus Grizzlies. Yes, sir. Already Big ready. You ready now. <laughs> so AR-15. So we're gonna start with you, bro. You know, what, what was your thoughts on on today's game against the Grizzlies? Man, just hype, just hype, excitement. Like it was really. At first, I was worried. I mean, it, the Lakers came in. I thought they weren't gonna have the requisite energy needed because you know LeBron placed way into series, right? Um, AD has been a little rust there, right? Like. <clears throat> A little bit of, I mean, it's been playoff rust for him, rather. I thought Lakers might come out slow, and they did not. They came out, you know, they were definitely focused. They were being the aggressive, the more aggressive team, and I was really hyped about the way they did all of that, and it was really cool to see. Um, then, of course, the Grizzlies got back into it. They were number two for a reason. Uh, but what's funny for me is, like, some of what we saw was what we already what we already established going into the series, right? John Morant, even playing injured, and it's before, you know, we'll talk about his later injury, you know, in the game what's going to be a problem for the Lakers. Not a good matchup, right? AD being able to dominate the boards, that was big. The fact the Grizzlies didn't double a lot was interesting. Also, I didn't expect them to start Xavier Tillman as well. And that was intriguing um, as well. But AD came out, kind of set the tone, stepped back a little bit before he had a scary stare incident, you know, just before half. That was crazy. Um, but really, I mean, it's all about that second half and Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. AR-15, you know, Hillbilly Kobe, like all, all all, those guys. I can't even say those two. Okay, AR. All the names. AR. All the yep, names. All the names I just said, I can't say all that. But anyway, AR, um, we could go with that. Um, he's him. There we go. <laughs> we'll go with that. It was funny when he, I mean, between the third quarter and fourth quarter, both of them went on their own, like, mini run. I think they said that AD and LeBron were part of three points from the nine-minute part of the fourth quarter down to the very end, like part of three points, whether scored or assisted. I thought it was crazy. But it really shows you, you know, the depth of the Lakers in terms of other guys stepping up. You know, Rui Hachimura was just very impactful, you know, being able to take shots in rhythm. He didn't have the best first half, but the second half, knocking out a bunch of threes, you know, being uh, efficient and aggressive, that was great. And if you look at Austin Reeves, I mean, come on now. We, I was wondering how he was going to respond to the physicality of the Grizzlies. And I think he did a tremendous job of doing that. You know, I like the way that when he, even when he 
takes fouls. And people are like, oh, he's looking for fouls. He's still trying to complete the shot. Like, he gets so many and ones because of the way he tries to sell it, still convert, you know, even while picking up the foul. And I think that helped as well. Um, also, for some reason, the Grizzlies kind of were going under and not going over, which gave Reese all the room he needed to pull up for three or go inside. Just some poor, you know, defensive game plan, um, game planning from the Grizzlies. And that was, of course, before we saw the unfortunate injury to John Morant that took him out for the game and effectively sealed it. I remember looking at my brother going, yeah, he's if he's out, then, you know, the Lakers, have, we're, we're good. And I felt bad because obviously injuries are a whole part of the game in general. And you want him to be right. Um, you want everyone to be healthy. But like also, he's that much of a problem. For the Grizzlies to win, he would have to be the best player in this series, right? Um, if he was even the second best player in the series, the Lakers have a shot. If he's not in the series at all, you know, especially if AD and LeBron are healthy, like that swings in their favor. So I really think that this is a good game for the role players. Um, we'll see the adjustments though. It was a it was a big game, big game, important game. Man, I'll start. I'll start for the Lakers. Defensively, they did a really good job. I think second quarter, too many turnovers, which led to you know the Grizzlies coming back and, and getting the lead and making it interesting. But you really, uh, Lakers did a good job in transition, offensively and defensively, and that's and that's what the Grizzlies like to do. They like to get out and run. They're not a great half court team. Uh, we know we know Ja can you know have have the defender on his hip and do do a really good job with the floaters and obviously you know dunking on guys, but he's not going to be able to do that against Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is is a threat in protecting the rim and protecting the protecting the basket. And I think Vanderbilt with his size, with his length, his athleticism, he was on him the whole night. Yeah, you look at the stats, he had a solid game, but he really wasn't. He didn't take enough shots. He didn't really take enough shots even when he was there before he got hurt with the hand the hand injury. LeBron, I think he settled too much early. He was settling for a lot of jump shots. That's something I don't like. When I don't like when he does that. I like when he attacks the basket, goes to the rim. Um, he's, he's shooting too many threes for, for my liking. But, you know, in time, he started to go to the basket, going to the rim, hit a big three in the fourth quarter. That was that was the only three points that the, that the duo scored in that fourth was that big three off the ball. A great pass by D'Lo. And the others, the others, man. Uh, Rui Hachimura had a big third quarter, big third quarter, knocking down five threes. Memphis said, okay, you know, we can't stop AD. You got to double. You got to double. You got to show. And I think the Lakers, they did a great job of, you know, passing the ball early in double teams. You see a lot of teams when, they, when they're doubled, they, they take too long to, to pass the ball. And um, I think AD and LeBron, they have such high IQ. They know defenses are going to load up. They're going to show. Uh, so they know you get rid of the basketball early and you trust your guys to make those shots, and that's exactly what they did. And Hachimura did a great job. And Austin Reeves off the pick and roll. He's he's magnificent off the pick and roll. He's played point guard at Oklahoma. He's used to this. He went up against Desmond Bain in the Big 12 uh, when it was Oklahoma versus TCU, put up 41-6 and six on Desmond Bain. So he's not, he's not, he's not scared of these moments. He's played in these uh, high-atmosphere type games. Second year, undrafted, he can already get to his spots, and 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 also, and, and you made a great point as well. The way they the way they guarded him, Jaron Jackson Jr. Tillman as well. If AD's on the screen, you got to drop because you know what AD can can do when he, once he gets the basketball off the roll. So and and and, and, and Reeves is smart, and that, that mid range is there all day, all day. And if that defender is behind him, he's going to use his his savviness to you know draw a foul and then also hit hit, hit the mid range. So he's just a high IQ basketball player, and and that's you know when when these guys 
these so-called experts and these executives, when they evaluate these players, they miss these things. I guess maybe they think they thought his athleticism wouldn't translate in the NBA, but we, we see that it does. We see that he does has a great handle, great feel for the game. Defensively, he brings it underrated passer. Just just a gamer, bro. He's just a baller. He's just a baller. He does everything perfect. He could play on the ball and off the ball. Uh, it's just just a great night. D'Lo, even though he struggled in the playing, I'm sure a lot of Laker fans were a little concerned after that playing game. How you know how would he play? And this one, I think he started off shaky. He was missing some shots, but he kept his confidence high. Or hit some big threes, big threes um, during the game. You know, keep keep the lead going. It was a great game, great game for the Lakers. And, and despite even though AD and LeBron didn't step up and weren't uh, big time offensively from a scoring perspective, um, I, I think they did a really good job of probably when they when they prepped against Memphis, talking to everybody on the team, letting them know this is how they're going to play us. You guys have to step up. You guys have to make shots. You have to move the ball. I'm not going to LeBron's not going to take a shot with two people on him. You already know he's going to he's going to kick it out and trust his guys to make the right plays. And I think now that we're seeing this lineup with D'Lo, Reeves, LeBron, Vando, and AD, they're starting to get more games, and they're getting the chemistry down, and they're learning how to play with each other. And I think, uh, it's, you know, the, the more games, especially during this time, the better. And I, I think we're seeing I think we're seeing the benefits of that. Got to give Rob Palenka a lot of credit as well. Uh, the best, <laughs> best trades of the acquisition. I mean, you got to, you got to put his trades up there. Josh Hart, those, you know, those two, those the moves that the Lakers made and, you know, what, what the Knicks did too. Those, those, those are the two best trades of, of the trade deadline and it's, it's, it's affected both teams. Uh, so yeah, big win, big win for the Lakers to get game one on the road. And uh, we'll see, we'll see what Josh's status is, man. I don't know what it is. If he's, if he's hundred percent, if he's going to come back, if he's out for that game and the Lakers are able to get, uh, get game two could be tough. Very true. Very true. Big, big one for the Lakers. Definitely a big one. I guess one of the biggest things for me watching this game was their ability to establish themselves inside. And I guess you can really say that the loss of Steven Adams and Xavier Tillman being rim protectors for the Grizzlies, I think that's going to be a huge issue for them. Even though Jaron Jackson Jr. is a really great versatile defender, I don't think he really fills that void. Lakers have 56 points in the paint, um, ended up out-rebounding the Grizzlies by 11, 45 to 34. And then had 11 blocks in, um, in the process as well. So, you know, with the Lakers having that, having an ability to really take advantage of, you know, of just scoring inside and really establishing, establishing themselves down low, I think that really, I think that really plays into effect in this game and possibly for the series. So, definitely a good win. Obviously, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, two of the supporting cast really led the way and closed the game out for the uh, for the the Grizzlies. And honestly, it might it might come down to who has the better supporting cast. I mean, as we see, Hachimura had 29. Austin Reeves had like 23, I believe. So if they can continue that momentum and then, and then also get production from guys like Jared Vanderbilt and others and Malik Beasley, the Lakers really have a big advantage in this series. So big win for them, and we'll, we'll see we'll see if they can uh, carry the momentum in game two. Yeah, these people on TV, they all pick the Grizzlies. And, again, it's like if you, if you rank the players, we know what the top three players are in the series, and and two two out of two out of three is on the Lakers. So again, it's just it's just crazy how people pick the Grizzlies. But amen, Yep, y'all gonna kill me, man. But I originally picked them at seven. <laughs> what, hey, bro? I did, I did. 
I'm sorry. Hey, man. I mean, look, I was like, look, they got home court advantage, you know, this and that, this and that. And plus, I was like, you know what, like, the Lakers definitely – because I, I, I wasn't that impressed with the Minnesota game because I was like, yo, they made a lot of costly mistakes. So I was like, yo, like, if they don't, if they don't like, turn this around in the in the Grizzly series, Memphis might take advantage. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, starting, to, I'm starting to get kind of conflicted now, especially after game one. So – I mean, hey, you know, still, I would say it's still time. He's still going to be looked at different, but no, I'm like, I get it. It's all good. It's all good. I get it. I'm just going to say that I think Coach Ham made an excellent job mid-game of getting the ball to AR a little more uh, because, you know, LeBron really wasn't ball dominant this game. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. alluded to that LeBron only assisted or scored three points with AD as well. He was setting the pick, and I noticed this, like, when LeBron was setting a pick, he wasn't really picking and rolling, like, wanting the ball back. Like, he was dead set on just setting the pick and letting AR go to work. I'm sure Ham had something to do. Hey, we're going to get the ball, uh, get him the pick, you get your shot. And LeBron was fine with that. So, I mean, that was even kudos to LeBron to be okay with settling with that. Now, it could have been he's saying, hey, I'm taking this off. I'm not wanting to play. I don't know because, you know, that's what I would think you would say because I don't like LeBron. But, anyways, the confidence that the team had in the AR to do all that. Uh, the only time there was yeah, ever bro, Corbin, you know, Corbin, I, I make that like same LeBron. face. Thank I make you. that same face every Sunday, brother. It's good. I, I don't like <laughs> LeBron. I don't like LeBron. I'm good, bro. But I'm just saying I'm this. Uh, when AD set the pick, I, it was a uh, it was a sweet pick and roll alley oop to AD on the dunk. It's like that's how you're actually supposed to set a pick and roll with it. LeBron liked to pick and fade quite a bit more. I'm not saying anything's wrong. It could be just the way. Hey, when you set the pick, LeBron, that's what I want you to do. That's fine, but. <laughs> I just noticed that instead of LeBron having the ball and a guard setting a pick, it was more of AR having the ball and big setting a pick, which I actually liked with this lineup too, with the mismatches and what AR did tonight. I mean, it was perfect. Now, early in the game, I did notice when AR was getting on, uh, heating up, showing off that he he's he's on fire here. LeBron did have the ball, and uh, one thing I always paid attention to is the guard sets the picks. LeBron gets the the mismatch on the guard and, and basically plays bully ball. Uh, AR slipped the pick and ran out for a jump shot. I was like, oh, that was kind of sneaky. I wasn't prepared for that. And, you know, if they get AR doing that a couple of times on those picks, that guard is ready to switch to pick up LeBron. If if AR is slipping that pick, fake picking and running out, kind of like what Golden State does, that's going to be a wide-open shot more times than none. So, I mean, if they start looking to get AR more of a open shot or get him involved in the game, that's going to make so much more open up for them. So, I don't want to say supporting cast. I want to say that AR is basically a third option. Like he, he's he is that guy. So I don't want to be disrespectful, and I'm not saying you guys are, but referring to him as the other guys or the supporting guys. I think he is one of the guys now. Like it, in this playoff game, I know it's game one. Like he was the factor in the win. Like stat wise, don't take that away from Rui. Who scored the well, most? And points? he's there too, right? Right. I mean, he is. I'm with you on that too. But like, listen, you don't like LeBron. I, I can't trust the jump. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he stepped. Like, Reeves, he stepped up, man. You know, four, fourteen in the fourth I, quarter. Wonder big shots. Absolutely. Oh, oh, I think we lost them. The internet, the basketball gods uh, have spoken. <laughs> they said no dice, my guy. <laughs> I didn't see you. Oh, man. Come what out, was that? I'm sorry. Come out. I, no, you're good now. You're good now. You're good now. You're good now. Now we can hear you. Okay. 
It's a, oh, oh God, we just lost him. We said Paul had a place. I didn't hear what was ever said about what was going on with his shoulder. Yeah, it was a stinger. He ended up getting a stinger. Uh, he said at the post-game press conference, he said he couldn't feel his arm. It, his arm was numb. And that's that's why he said he you know he couldn't feel his arm. Uh, I was glad. Thankfully, it wasn't anything serious. I thought okay. it was a bicep at first. I thought he I thought he might have tore his bicep. And you need to tear your bicep. It's curtains. It's, it's curtains for you. Uh, you Labor room too. Either one. Uh, so you know, thankfully it was just a stinger. He came back in the, in the third quarter. As we saw, uh, had a floater, had a nice jump shot, a little fadeaway over Tillman. Got some couple block shots. Seven blocks tonight from AD. Three steals. It's just, you know, when, when he's locked in like this on both ends of the court, and uh, we already know what LeBron brings to the table from an all-around standpoint, it's just uh, just tough for me to see a lot of these teams in the West defeat them four times in a seven-game series. It's just tough. It's just tough, man. But you said you said trash? Who's trash? As far as LeBron, trash. Easily, what? but uh, Triple J played great. Uh, he actually him Corbin. size on that he could Bruh. obviously. I'm playing for Corbin. I know, I'm I play, I'm, 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 LeBron I obviously is great. No, but, it was uh, funny though. I, uh, but uh, actually, hang on, Michael. Tell tell Corbin wait. how you think LeBron quits on his team. <laughs> what, yo, bro, Nick got the receipts, bro. <laughs> Nick got the receipts, I'm ready. bro. I I'm ready. I'm sorry to get myself adjusted. What? We gotta it's say okay. something now, man. Until they were. You know, I'll be tuning in. On, I'll be listening to playback, but I'll be tuning in he, when he, I see he, it. I don't know how I missed this conversation. I would love to comment. <laughs> he he was done for the year, and then all of a sudden they went on a run. It's coming back. Hey, we look like we might make the playoffs. I oh, mean, I healed the best of anyone ever no, made. That's he, that's he not what done. they said. That's inaccurate. Come on. That's not what they said. They said that the medical staff was holding LeBron to give him his Of course it's not what they and said. And to see if it was worth it for him to come back. If they lost like the next six, I get it. Like he's playing injured. And you don't want to – he's going to be back next year. You don't want to have him have a long offseason of rehab. He was going to come back. But I get it too. Why would you rush back on a failed attempt to play? So if the medical staff says, hey, we're going to hold you out. Oh, wait. They went 13 and 6 while you've been gone? All right, let's get you back in here. That's not LeBron quitting. It's exactly what I said. It was thank you exactly. It was established beforehand that the medical staff was holding him out. You think LeBron wants to be out? Come on now, you see LeBron James. Twenty years to have seen this guy. You got twenty years of proof. That's a large ass sample. Oh, excuse my French. That's a large sample size, my guy. Quentin, I mean, mind you, he did quit on his team once. I will give you that because remember, uh, remember that one year um, in Cleveland where he took that like week off or whatever, the week or a half off for like. Himself while they were well, it was weird. It, nobody remembers. It was so weird. I don't know if it was quitting on his team, but he definitely prioritized himself at that moment. It was the first year that he was back in Cleveland and made the finals. But aside from that, come on, over that injury, how do you how do you work in your brain to make that him quitting? I need Spooky. explanation, man. Spooky mindset. Bar. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so you mentioned the Cleveland years. You mentioned the Cleveland years, which I even forgot year, about. So that that's great. Thank you. Uh, they were right. What's well, a year? But uh, they were losing in a uh, a big game, and they were losing with like five minutes to go in the game. And he walks into the locker room because he was done playing. That's was he that's injured? giving up? I mean, that's quitting on your team. Was he injured? No, they were probably down thirty. The when? Okay, 
When? Wait, when? This was like this three years Cleveland? ago. Okay, I'm not saying he has a no, no. Like every no, player has was... a moment where they like prioritize themselves or whatever. But to say LeBron quits on his team and to come with one example from three years ago, I mean, I mean yeah. it's like saying Kawhi quits on I'm... his team when he prioritized in his rest on important games the Clippers needed last year. You know what yeah, I mean? He like hurt. He was hurt. He was hurt. So was, was LeBron. Hurt. Now, so was you're LeBron. telling me that LeBron James healed faster than anyone ever? I mean, I I'm not going to. The man, the man spends over a million dollars on his body, so I'm not surprised. That Thank I you. Thank faster you. than anyone Thank ever. You. Listen, LeBron is known for so, exaggeration. For and I don't care. There's, there's two, as Eric pointed out. I know where I'm coming from. The land of make believe. Where are you coming from? <laughs> Yo, Michael. Michael was in the. Michael was in our group chat. He was. He was oh, texting LeBron. Hey, he was like. He was You're like. Right. I know it's Triple J. Triple J. He was like J after J. When Triple J was going crazy, and I was in that second, he was going. He was text. He was texting in the chat. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till after the game to respond. And uh, you know, I, I didn't see too much. I just put AR. That's it. AR. That's smart. That's smart. CJ, you That's play it low. You play it cool. That's all Man, I did. I'm like, yeah, bro, this dude, this dude, <laughs> every, everything, everything that the Grizzlies was doing great. You know, he was texting the chat. I was like, you know, I'm just wait a little bit, man. Let's wait till after the game, man. You know, AR held it down. It. Shout out, shout out Austin Reeves, man. Special player. Special player. LeBron made some terrible turnovers. <laughs> terrible turnovers. But wow. you know what? Michael. My, Michael is MSC Hoop Skip Bayless. There you go. <laughs> Yo, so, so you picking so you picking the Grizzlies in the, in the series, Michael? No, Lakers and probably okay. five. But, but you're picking the Lakers. You're picking the Lakers, if, especially if Jaws hurt. <laughs> wow. I mean, if Jaws out, like we've seen how far away they fell apart without Jaw. Triple J played great, and Bane will step up. But no, nah, there's no way. Like, there's too much firepower, especially if AR plays the way he did. I mean, there's no way Grizzlies can stop the Lakers. Not LeBron, the Lakers. And AD and the Lakers. I'm done. Okay. AD and the Lakers. Super troll. Super troll. <laughs> yeah. uh, All right, let's go. Uh, let's dive into this uh, Celtics versus Hawks game. Game one. Celtics really. really... Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that's. I know that's kind of your E squad, uh, uh, Nick. You know they got they got blasted, man. Talk about that, brother. I mean, you pretty much see it for itself, man. Give credit to the Celtics. Um, a great defensive game. Uh, Seventy-four points in the first half, only gave a forty-four. Man, like it just seems like man, teams really know how to prioritize really trapping Trey Young and really getting him out of his comfort zone. You know, we saw it last year with Miami in the first round, and we saw it in Game One of this one. I think he started out like two for ten, two for twelve, something like that. So. And it's like, for me, even though the Hawks do have great offensive talent surrounding them, DeAndre Hunter, um, DeJounte Murray, Sadiq Bays now with the team and everything, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they can carry, carry the load that Trae Young has. Even DeJounte, you know, who is a great player, great two-way player, but he doesn't have he doesn't have the offensive power that Trae Young has. So I think that will definitely be a concern in the series. So with the way that game one went, I, I originally picked – the Celtics in five, but if the Hawks don't really turn it around and make any defensive defensive adjustments, this could be a sweep. Like I could definitely see this being a sweep. I, I don't want to say that it is because I, I still do have some belief that the Hawks can get at least one win, but they definitely need to re up um, offensive or defensively, you know, 
can't you, I mean you can't allow the two the two the, the two headed monsters in Boston to have double doubles. You know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both had a double double performance. You you can't you can't allow that to happen. I mean, if one guy goes off cool, but it's like if both of them shine and they both get ten plus rebounds in the process, now you're in trouble. So that's definitely gonna be some concern some concern for Atlanta. Like I said, I hope that they can turn it around in game two, but they need to they need to make some adjustments quick because you know if they don't this series can end really quick. Michael, what's your thoughts, man? Uh, watching, I didn't get to watch the game, to be honest with you on that, but catching back with some highlights, listening to Nick, it sounds like Celtics in four, honestly. I think just the defense that Celtics play together, the highlights I've seen, Trey Young isn't Steph Curry, and he tries to be Steph Curry, and the Celtics have the defense to shut him down more. Uh, Murray does make the difference on that to help out some, but hopefully Hawks make some corrections to fix those problems. But yeah, uh, sweep is in order here. But let me just say this too, though: it's like when you like, and that's the thing about Atlanta is that when you trap Trey Young and take him out of his rhythm, like he doesn't just stop the scoring; it stops the ball moving because he's the primary ball handler as well. So you know, there's no passing, there's no flowing within the offense, there's no ball movement. And that's why I even said last year when they made the trade for DeJounte, maybe set some plays where DeJounte is the primary ball handler because, I mean, he I mean, he showed that in San Antonio, you know, they, that he can be a playmaker and allow Trey Young to sometimes play off ball. But we just haven't seen enough of that this year, at least throughout the course of this year, even game one. Yeah, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle. The reason why they're going to struggle in this series is because, one, Derek White, understands that if he makes Trey Young work on defense, obviously it's going to hurt, hinder him offensively. Uh, and, that, and that's what we saw last night in, the, in, that, in that first half. Derek White was, you know, had a, had a really good game. He was knocking down shots. They played drop coverage. He was hitting threes, going to the basket, being physical. Um, and, and then we know they have Derek White, Brogdon, Smart, JB, and, and Tatum. So that's five guys you could put on Trey Young in any given possession. <laughs> So he's going to struggle, bro. It's just, it's, it's tough. And those all five different type of defenders too. Uh, athleticism, length. It's just, he's, it's just, it's just tough for him, man. Um, his shot selection, Trey Young's shot selection is, is terrible. It, it, it really is. Nasty. You know, even up 30 foot threes. That's it's not your game. You're not. Curry. He shot 17% from three. Sorry to cut you off. That's nasty. No, yeah. 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 He thinks, you know, he thinks he's Curry and he's not, you know, you know, you have to play like Trey Young. Uh, and I, I like when he attacks the basket, uses the floater, um, and, and you know u- uses that floater and, and gets into the the teeth of the defense and you know throw lobs to Okongwu, throw lobs to Capella and Collins. That's when he's at his best. But when he's just chucking up threes, it's not his game. He's not even a forty percent three point shooter, it's, it's, and I don't even think he's hit forty percent. I think maybe it might have hit forty percent one time in his career. That's a really we 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 assume like he's this great three point shooter, but he's not. And uh, he needs to find other ways to be effective offensively. Uh, use the mid range, use the floater, the teardrops, you know, you know, things like that. You know, if, if he wants to be successful, and it's, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult series for them. Dejounte Murray is a talented player. He's more of a mid range guy. He's not a three point shooter, so that favors into uh, the Celtics' hands as well because he's he's more closer to the paint, where guys like Horford. Robert Williams, they're going to be able to alter those shots and, and be able to contest. And, and even, even without those guys, 
even on the perimeter, you have Tatum and Brown um, defensively that that could create issues for him, like we saw in the last in the series last year uh, when they went up against Kyrie and KD and, and their versatility and how tough it was for them to get shots off and the way they move their defense. They just they have to move the ball. They have to cut. They have to find other ways to get to the basket. If it's just you know Trey Young do everything, it's gonna be they're gonna get swept. They're gonna get swept. Plain, plain and simple. Now I do think they will get one in Atlanta. That's usually where role players play well. They knock down shots, uh, and they have more of an impact at home. So I can see them winning one in Atlanta, but it, they're not they're not winning the series at all. At all, and, and the Celtics—they're just—they're just on a different level. They're just on a different level right now. They're on a mission. Uh, you know, they—they they, they felt like they felt like they let last year slip, being up two-one against Golden State, uh, and they—you know—they're they, on a mission right now. And you know, with with Giannis being out, we don't know what his status will be. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And and what and how they play against Philadelphia, they think they have the best shot right now to come out the East. So uh, you know, it's a great start in round one for the Celtics. Like Nick talked about, JB and JT had you know double doubles and, and rebounding. If those guys are crashing the glass like that, it's just tough to beat. They're tough to stop. Marcus Smart did a good job of passing. They did a, both of those guys did a great job of moving off the ball. Did a, I saw a, a, a big highlight with JB cutting to the basket back door. Uh, had a nice dunk. Horford is going to do what Horford does: knock down big time shots, get steals, get blocks, bring that type of leadership for, uh, and, and, de- and defensive prowess and, and, and experience. For this team, Robert Williams, you have to play him in, in, in a in a minute slot, probably like 20, 25 to 28 minutes because, you know, he struggles with injuries. Uh, and if he's playing in that type of a minute frame, he's very productive because he could alter shots. He's a lob threat. Uh, he, he's perfect. He could get steals and he's a solid free throw shooter as well. So uh, this, this is a great start. Joe Mazzula did a really good job yesterday. And uh, it's back to the drawing board for Atlanta. But. It's just going to be a tough series for them to, you know, even try to get anything off. Yeah. I, like Corbin, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I don't see how Atlanta – I don't see them even getting a win. It's just too much. Like, literally, the matchup is one thing. But I'm like, starting to get there. Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, it, it, like, it would be – for me, it was okay. If it was a big Trey Young game and the other guys, like, really had their night, you know, in Atlanta where they were knocking out their shots, sure. But the more I see it and just how much, like, you – you guys all point out, he's right. Like, if Trey's working on the defensive side of the ball, even less legs for offense, right? And that's in a way that's different than Miami, where Miami just made it difficult for him to create on ball. Boston's going to tie you out, so yeah, you might get some shots. You're not going to be to finish it, and that's that's just a lot. So I'm, yeah, I don't see it. I just don't see. It. I I think I had Boston in. I think I had him in a sweep. I gotta look back on my original um, tally to see. I'm gonna check it out right now while I'm here. Cause I feel like I had him in a sweep. If not having five games, either way, I'm totally on board with the sweep now, just from a different way, you know. And I, I like the fact that, you know, if the way Miami did, like each one that's 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 attacking Atlanta, they're coming into a different set of problems that the team causes. And I feel it's a roster construction issue. So, um, yeah, I actually had Celtics over Hawks in five, but I'm I'm gonna change it to four. I, it's that game showed me a lot and made it less likely for everything to go right. And how do the Hawks win a game? It just feels more and more unlikely that they do. You know, the Hawks—they're they're missing that dynamic wing that that can really yep. change change the game for them. You know, when Trey doesn't have it, when Dejounte's you know three or mid range isn't on, they want it to be Sadiq Bay. Yeah, they want it to be Sadiq Bay. They, they really wanted it to be DeAndre Hunter, a homegrown talent, but it just ha- has hasn't worked out. 
uh, for, for either guy. You know, they're, they're good in their role, but they're really not that third guy uh, that could step up and get 25 um, if one of those guys are struggling. They don't, they don't have that wing, wing type player to put pressure on, like, like we just said with, with Trey Young, uh, put pressure on Tatum and Brown. They don't, they don't have a wing like that. They're more spot ups. So that just plays right into the Celtics' hands. They could help more. They could show um, on, on those two guards. It's going to be a very difficult series for them, man. I know Quinn Snyder is a defensive-minded head coach. Um, so, you know, I, I think they will, you know, change some things up and, you know, bring something different for game two. But uh, all in all, I, I just don't see this being – I see this being a really quick series. All right, we've got the Sixers and the Nets. This was the first game to kick off the playoffs uh, yesterday. First half was the, you know, McCall Bridges and James Harden show. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they were, they were going, they were going wild, man. Michael, what was your thoughts on this one? Mike's I know you have thoughts. I, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to hear them too, man. I'm with you. Why can't you guys hear me? There we go. Can you not hear me? Now we can. Now, now we can. Yeah. Can you, you hear me? Mute. I don't know what was the matter, man. No, totally wasn't. But uh, I think Brooklyn played well beginning of the uh, the first quarter, first half there. But uh, Philadelphia's just got too much firepower. I, I just think possibly the MVP uh, is going to be too much for Brooklyn in the long run on this. I think Brooklyn – I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Philadelphia could possibly go ahead and finish this off maybe in five as well. I don't think Brooklyn can take more than a game. Uh, Harden, like you said, showed up and played very well in this uh, first game. And that's even Max. He's still going to step up his game in this next possibly game here. And you know what you're going to get from uh, Embiid. So I just don't think that Brooklyn can really stop Embiid. And Harden's going to eat off of that. I just think five games. Okay. I definitely – I definitely agree. Uh, Philly in five. Um, but, I mean, but look, I mean, I think, honestly, each game is going to be pretty close. I mean, if, if if it is kind of like a blowout win, I think it'll probably be like 15 points or so. I definitely see Brooklyn That's at least trying to – Not very close. I mean, it's better than 20, 25, 30. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not like a blowout, but, I mean, it is – You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's single digits. is close, but, I mean – I guess I guess I guess what I'll say is it won't be far off. How about that? It won't be far off. Like it won't be like it won't be like total domination from Philly. But I definitely still have Philly at five. Um in game one, we saw obviously the flashes from uh from Mikel Bridges and what he's been able to provide in the second half of the season after being traded to Brooklyn, you know, showing it showing his ability to uh to score, you know, shot creation and everything. So kudos to him, but I don't know. I mean, coming into the series, I did have my concerns with Nick Claxton primarily defending Joel Embiid, and I think we pretty much saw you know for most of Game One. So, you know, give give credit to Philly taking care of business at home. Like I said, I, I got I got them winning the series in five games, and you know we'll just. I mean, honestly, I'll be real, this is an important postseason for Philly. This is a very important uh, postseason. They need to be they need to be clicking on all cylinders. You know, they've been, what, five, six years, no conference finals in this Joel Embiid era as far as being an Eastern Conference contender. So this is very important, especially, like you said uh, earlier, CJ, you know, Giannis going down, we we don't know what his status may be. He may be out for a significant time or he may come back. So who knows? But if that, I mean, if it were, if it were to be, you know, against Milwaukee, you know, in my opinion, you know, the Phillies got to take advantage of the situation. So 
you know, take care of business right now in this series. I, like I said, I got them winning in five, and we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how they play afterwards. I think in the first half, uh, Brooklyn did a really good job. Um, you know, doubling on, on Embiid, showing uh, and, and and making him be a passer. And I think the Philadelphia six, 76ers did a great job of knocking down the shots. That's what you have to do. If you're going to double Embiid and, and you know that, you, those guys have to be ready to make plays. They have to be ready to make shots. That's why they're out there. Harden really set the tone from, from three-point land. He had seven threes. They had 21 threes in total. I think, believe that's a franchise record for the Philadelphia 76ers. Everybody had to go. And Niang, Melton, Tobias, Maxi, uh, McDaniels, anybody that was out there, you know, they were knocking shots. They were knocking down shots, and they had an impact. They, you know, they, they did a great job. I think in the second half, uh, they did a solid job against McCall Bridges. They started to double him, get the basketball out of his hands, let someone else uh, be productive. And, and as we saw, there really wasn't anyone, anyone else to, to bring that type of production uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. That's what they need. They need that extra piece. Then Woody's not that guy. 40% from the field, 20% from three. You know, he did a lot of talking this week. Uh, and, and it's just, he didn't, he didn't, no one, no one was really looking for, for him <laughs> at all. Uh, you know, before this series, you know, he, he, he put the attention on himself. So, you know, now, you know, when you do that, then I, now that you're in the playoffs, you know, more eyes are going to be on you uh, since because you opened your mouth. So and he, he, didn't, he didn't step up. He didn't step up. He definitely struggled and he, he has to play better. He has to play better. He has to be a better playmaker. He has to be a better shot maker. Um, you know, four four turnovers in, in this in this game one game. Got to have, have to you have, you have to you have to bring it. Cam Johnson was solid. Cameron Johnson was solid. He's a good spot up guy. He can defend well, but he's really not a primary. He's not a second option. He's a you know he's a nice role player. He does you know he does his role. He plays his role really well. And I think you know if you're the Brooklyn Nets with all the assets that you have. Um, when you traded Kyrie, when you traded Harden, and when you traded KD, they have to package that up somehow, and, and you know, you know, get another All Star in there with McCall if they want to start winning some playoff series. Um, they do have some talent, but in this series, it's going to be very difficult because if if the, if the Sixers are knocking down their shots like they were in Game One, um, it's it's tough. It's tough for me to see them win a game, and, and be and be in. Embiid had a had a great all around game. You didn't you didn't see the 35, 40 that we might be accustomed to, um, and you know throughout the season. But again, I think you know the Nets knew that. You know they did a good job of making it difficult uh, for him. And again, like I said, making him a passer. But either way, man, they're, they're just going to struggle. They're going to struggle in this in this series because of the the depth that that the Sixers have. And I think a lot of people slept on that depth. Um, for sure, and they slept on their roster. Paul Reed gave them some solid minutes. Some, some nice, yeah, Niang as well. You know, knocked down, knocked down some big, some big shots. So just an all around, all around great game uh, by the six. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. I mean, first of all, you said it perfectly about um, Spencer Dinwiddie, man. Like, dude, gas himself up, yo. He said he could be a Drew Holiday on a contending team, and then five of twelve. <laughs> four turnovers and remember for the first half he kept trying this stupid lob to Nick Claxton that he couldn't complete for the life of him it was too early it was too late it was too high and however you can mess up a lob pass he did it man he just put so much under <laughs> pressure on himself it was crazy um and that's why I actually have I have um I have the um 
the 76ers taking this in a, in a sweep. I feel like Mikel Bridges is the only mm-hmm. one who can consistently go off. Um, and the problem is, like, the, it's funny. I, I have I had the Hawks possibly getting a game because I feel like they had another guy aside from trying to create offense for them himself. The Nets don't have that. It, their offense was, like, I'd say 88% Mikel Bridges. Give yourself another 4% Cam Johnson. And then split the rest among the rest of the team. And once they turned the water off on Mikel Bridges, it was like, good night, folks. Like, you yeah. know, then it went from what was a really close game to what was the inevitable finish that we thought it would be. And I just think between that and the Nets' inability to defend Joel Embiid, they really don't have a chance. They have they did something really good I liked, which was, you know, um, doubling him. But he's basically every opportunity, just totally selling out and trying to recover. And, yes, the 76ers had a franchise record number of threes. That's probably not going to happen next game. But they have too many good shooters. And if James Charles is going to play the way he's played, too many consistent guys aside from Embiid to make that 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 strategy backfire. And I just feel like that's something that ultimately, you know, the Nets can't back up. Yeah, you might be getting a crazy game from Mikel Bridges. That'll be nice. And maybe one other person steps up. I just don't see it, though. But either way, yeah, I really think that um, it's one of those things where the Nets are going to play well. It was good to see Mikel Bridges have a come-up party. Like, it was really cool to see him kind of come out there and and be efficient and, and show, hey, I can do this. But the Nets, yeah. they need more pieces. Yeah, they, they need more pieces. And, you know, I saw a lot of people in, uh, on TV. and They're missing the biggest piece, y'all. I can't believe we forgot this, man. They're missing Ben Benjamin Simmons, man. Yeah. That's the missing piece. <laughs> yeah, you got to name What was I even thinking? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, saw, I, saw a lot of, I saw a lot of people, you know, they, they're talking about Harden and his assist and how he's a playmaker now. And I feel like people kind of giving him a pass if, if, if he were to sell. No, 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 no pass. Um, you're one of the greatest players we've ever seen in this generation, and you, and you don't have a title. And you, you, need, you need to bring it every single night, every single night, especially in the second round. No, you're right. My bad. I actually have a thought. I want to run by you both and see what you think. I think it's – I think Harden's kind of regressing. I think that – listen. I think so, you know, too. Proud to be 34. Uh, right? He's in what year – what? So you're 14. Yeah, 14, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he played nine in Houston, three in OKC, two in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah he, so like, he gave me the 9 9 So yeah, like, like I think he's regressing. I think that's what it is. I mean, we see it in different ways. Like Russ is still fast, right? But like, he was in year fifteen or whatever. Like, and his play has decreased. His play has declined. Like, I think not all greats age. We we are used to seeing LeBron, right? We're used to seeing KD. Like these ultra greats that like their game ages like a fine wine, right? And you have others who don't as well. I don't think Harden has an extra game. I think this is what happens when Harden's a bigger, bulkier dude who doesn't have the quickness to create the separation. When that shot's on sometimes, he's on fire, but he can't consistently go there. He's not really that much of a threat going downhill. I think he's more of a playmaker because he has to be. And we're like, hey, Harden just needs to get back to the old James Harden. Maybe that guy's gone. You think it's because of those hamstring injuries? I think I think so. I think it was that. A mix of him never being, like, great condition, but the wheels, man, once those hamstrings went the way they did, like, yeah, like, he didn't give himself a, a way to bounce back with, the issues he was having as far as weight. Like, you don't realize that, too. I think that was something that um, Kobe talked about, where, you know, Kobe let himself go to an offseason and it got himself in wicked shape, you know, before the season started. But that's hype of let it go, come back. That's extra work. That's extra wear and tear. To yeah. say nothing of the actual injuries he had to his hamstring. So, you know, I totally believe that he's just not the same guy. I'm, I'm with you, see. I just think that what we saw before, like that Harden, we might see flashes. Like, he might be the one guy that we go, oh, that was vintage James Harden. But he ain't dropping 50 again. At least I don't. Yeah, that, that, you know yeah, I mean? and, I, and that's and that's my question to you, CJ. It's like, it's like, what do you what do you expect from Are you expecting like a 
like a 30 and 12 Harden? Or are you expecting like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, what are you expecting? Like big offensive games or are you just expecting like, you know, maybe like 20 and 10 or something like that? No, I'm expecting, I'm expecting 28 and seven. 28 and seven. Okay. That's, that's impossible. I, I mean, it, it can happen. I mean, it, it, it could possibly happen in the playoffs just because, I mean, you don't have many back-to-backs and everything. So it could possibly happen, but. Like, is he really going to get that many opportunities, especially when you're prioritizing the offense to get the ball to draw the beat? Yeah, yo, listen. Like, when they play the Celtics and when they play the Bucks, he, he has to step up, plain and simple. He, he has to. I agree. I mean, he can't, he can't be passive just because he led the league in assists. No, I just, I'm not trying to hear it, bro. I, I'm, I'm not trying to hear it, man. Again, this you, you went to Philadelphia for a reason. You wanted to play with Embiid. You wanted to be a teammate of Embiid. And I get what you're saying. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not expecting Houston Harden. I'm, I'm not expecting that. But but for him to still show that he could lead the league in assists, he still has. To me, that shows he has a lot left in the tank for sure. And I think it's a good thing that he did that because now it shows the depth that Philadelphia has. So if he doesn't have it, you have other guys that can step up. But when you're going up against the Celtics and the Bucks, two teams that you're going to see one of those teams eventually en route to a, to the NBA Finals, it can't. You everybody knows they're going to try to stop Embiid and try to hone in and make things difficult for him. He's the second guy. He's the second guy, and he he needs he needs to bring it. He needs to have a a thirty a thirty something point game at least in one or two of those games in the series if they want to win four four out of seven. It just it, it has to. It has to. You can't you can't just solely rely on the role players each and every single each of the game. You know have have a game like they had yesterday to get it done. When you're playing up against these upper echelon elite teams, you're expecting the stars to step up and that's exactly what he is. So I'm not going to give him a pass. Um, I still, I still see some, I still see some, some flashes of greatness from him from a scoring standpoint. I do want him to work in the mid range a little bit more. I feel like him playing in Houston really just made him a one dimensional player and that it was just either threes or layups and he completely disregarded the mid range. I think as he gets older, if he adds that part to his game, it could definitely add a few more years, um, you know, to his career for sure. Because now he, he could use his size, use his strength um, on some smaller defenders, still get to the free throw line, and, and also, you know, if and if he's dominating in the mid post, in the elbow, if and defenses have to sink. I know Embiid likes to work there as well, but Embiid, it, you could you could still have proper spacing for both of those guys. And I'm not saying just him just being the mid range all the time, but in in certain moments. When that defense does collapse, he can use his playmaking and create easier shots uh, for his teammates. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him uh, very, very closely um, throughout this playoffs because it's for the for the Sixers. If not now, when? When, when are you like when? When is the when is it going to be the year? Like when, when is it going to be the year? I mean, it's not it's not like they're it's not like Milwaukee and Boston are head and shoulders better than them. They have the roster. They have the talent. They both have two elite stars. So it's like, what is it going to be? It's, so it's just, this is what I'm, he has to step up. Yeah. Very true. All right. Next game. Got the Knicks and the Cavs. Game one. Game run reaction, man. Big, big W uh, from, from my Knicks on the road. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Donovan Mitchell uh, had a great game, 38 points on 30 shots, though. Um, and, and the Knicks, they, they, they fought through. It was an ugly, ugly game from shooting-wise from both teams. 
but the stars the stars stepped up first first quarter Randall came back from the injury after missing 17 days missed five games he, he looked like he was ready to go uh, in that first quarter some big shots uh, and then he went cold and that's that's exactly what I expect he's that's that's the type of player that he is and also that's also because of the scheme that we run we run a, we run a scheme where players could get cold and second half uh brunson was in foul trouble in the first half once the second half came around third quarter fourth quarter brunson stepped up and showed why he's a star and i think you know I, I said he was a superstar some some people some people laughed at me some people said you know i don't i don't, I don't know if you're right but when i look at a superstar a guy that steps up in the clutch he brings it he's not afraid of the moment he's a leader and that's exactly what he did in this in this game man 21 points in the second half yesterday we needed every single one of those points, um, you know, from from Brunson. Big offensive rebounds from Randall and iHeart in the fourth. Big shots from Josh Hart, eight for 11, 18 and 10 in this game. Just just phenomenal, just phenomenal effort. It was it was a gritty type win. It was an ugly win, um, but you know to get one on the road and sneak one out Quentin Grimes second year player knocking down two free throws to put us up four to avoid a Donovan Mitchell type you know crazy three because he was going crazy great win by the Knicks and uh and I also got to give a lot of credit to Mitchell Robinson as well handling those guys Jared Allen and Evan Mobley everybody talked about how both of those players were gonna you know bring the physicality to the Knicks front court but ended up being the exact opposite we are the New York Knicks Talk Let's about it, man. One down. Hey, don't don't do that, Michael. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but uh, big big win for New York, man. You call me on. I'm just saying that's what you said there. Oh man, big big win for New York. Big win. Um, I, I actually got Knicks and seven. I've told you guys that um, even last night in spaces. I I personally, me personally, like when I look at both teams. Because throughout the season, I, I thought that they were both neck and neck. You know, I've, I've told you guys, Michael and CJ, you know, on, on numerous occasions. But I do think that New York – I think New York supporting cast is slightly better because when I look at Cleveland, I'm like, you know, who's going to be that guy coming off the bench is really going to make an impact, you know, besides guys like Karis LeVert and possibly Seti Osman. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, when you look at the combination of guys like Emmanuel quickly coming off the bench, who in many people's eyes is a six-man-of-the-year candidate, you got um, Isaiah Hardstein coming off the bench. You got other guys as well who are able to really make an impact in the second unit. I do think that makes a big. I do think that makes a big difference. Shout out to Jalen Brunson, a strong second half after getting foul trouble in the first half, um, really leading the way for this team. Also, guys like Quentin Grimes made, made big shots. Julius Randle had had a strong game, had a really big offensive rebound in a lot in the final seconds of the game as well. So I think it's really going to come down to like team effort. Honestly, I mean, give credit to Donovan Mitchell. Had a strong fourth quarter, had a strong overall game. Obviously, you know, it just wasn't enough. But to me, I think the series is going to go back and forth. I don't really see either team really getting, like, two in a row, honestly. I think it's really going to go back and forth. New York got game one. I think Cleveland comes back and wins game two because I don't, I don't see them going out 2-0 on the home floor. And then I think everything will pretty much kind of determine the series, you know, uh, once once the, once the series shifts to Madison Square Garden. So big win for the Knicks on the road. They've shown that they're battle-tested. They've already shown progression from compared to two years ago when they played Atlanta. So we'll just see how the, we'll just see how the rest of the series goes. Yeah, 
I'm excited. I mean, it's going to be interesting. This game was a good back and forth. I didn't expect the Knicks to have the control they did all game. Um, I was going to say with CJ, I don't know if I'd call Brunson a superstar, but I definitely would call him a star. Um, he definitely played like that. He dictated tempo, you know, crunch time scoring right up until the end, like really good play by him. So I'm definitely going to give him credit in the Knicks as well. Julius Randle, the gutsy performance, just a really good game from all of them. So I'm really um, – Really happy they were to come through and represent. It's going to be a series, you know. I definitely had the Cavs in six taking this, and the Knicks were like, so, yeah, if that's going to happen, like, you better start winning some games, you know. So, really cool to see that happen. I I, I like Cleveland at the end of the day, but uh, the main reason I liked it was because Donovan Mitchell was going to explode. And guess what? He exploded in the second half, and the Knicks still found a way to withstand it and win. So, definitely going to give credit where credit is due there. Um you know, like Nick said, New York. Like, here we are. Stand up! Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Corbin, because um, we, we talked about this with Cleveland a few times. Like, do you think that that three spot for Cleveland is a concern, you know, especially with Isaac Corbin? Because we know what he brings to the defensive. He's an elite all-ball defender, elite perimeter defender. But does his lack of shooting kind of concern you in a way, being in that starting lineup? A little bit. I think that you want to have – as much spacing as possible. I mean, we're seeing it right now and watching, well, I mean, the Clippers, right? And the lack of space, they have crunch time against right. the Suns. Like, you come out with Russell Westbrook and, and a, a, I mean, I love Westbrook, but come on, 2 of 15, 2 of 16, whatever. And then, you know, um, like, not having, or, or him and um, Mason Plumley. There you go. Or my, yeah, Mason Plumley. I said it right. And not having spacing on the floor, it, it hurts you. You know, you don't have the ability to have the defense not cheat. And for the playoff crunch time buckets, like, as much space you can get, as possible like that's necessary so i think that's a basic tenant you know what i mean and i get it for the most part sometimes it's not always a thing um in cleveland's case i don't know i think it really comes down to a three you know because you know with your backcourt you're getting shooting right you know in your front court you're not getting that so really your swing piece is that small forward spot isaac okoro no dice but defensively you know he'll hold up right if you look at a guy like Harris Levert. Casavert, not the best spacer either, but he's a better spacer. But defensively mm-hmm. taking a step down. So Cleveland has that hole in their roster. Danny Green brings you the offense, but also 35 and not the defender that he was back then. Also a streaky shooter, you know? Very so, streaky. You, yeah, so you have an issue there. I think it's going to come back to bite them in later rounds. I didn't think it would be an impactful issue against New York, per se. I didn't think that because New York plays a more traditional game, I didn't think that they had the um, – ability to make Cleveland pay. But obviously, at least we showed that in moments, in games, in stretches, they definitely do. So how Bickerstaff adjusts to make that, you know, plausible for the cast to continue to play, the kind of game they want to play without compromising their stars, that's going to be very important. But that's a good question, man. I, the adjustment process is, is one, the chess match of the playoffs. We love this stuff, right? Like, this is what we like to see. Okay, what's going to happen? What's the first move? And yeah, if I'm Cleveland... Let's let's get Kyle Savard in there, at least for spacing. Dean Wade can shoot threes. You know, he can't shoot them contested. But, like, the throw of Dean Wade shooting an open three or two will at least make sure if you a Knicks player that you stay at home and not selling out on them. So, and the Knicks have to deal with that, too. If their guys, you know, they have Josh Hart and other players as well who, you know, not the best of shooters or at least reluctant shooters. Right. And that's my thing, too, because I, I was I was kind of suggesting that maybe they could start LaVert at the three just to provide some energy on there, but also you want to keep him on the bench as well to provide a spark offensively for the second unit, even though he didn't have a good game yesterday. He shot one for seven, but, you know, I'm kind of going back and forth as far as, like, who is that true three-man for Cleveland? Like, you know, could it be a Coral? Could it be Osmond? Or could it be Levert? So I've been kind of going back and forth about that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You're right in all those. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Coral's uh, Coral, you know, he's he's the better fit because defensively. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's a better he's a better defender out of those three. Uh Levert is a spark plug type guy, you know, as a microwave guy. He could get hot or he could go cold like we saw yesterday. Um and and then when he's out there, you know, can he defend? You know, can he guard? He can't guard Jalen Brunson. We saw Osmond can't guard Jalen Brunson. Uh so <laughs> They they're gonna have they're gonna have to they're gonna have to bring some type of productivity offensively because that's who Brunson is gonna be on defensively. Uh, he's gonna be on Okoro. He's gonna be on Osman and Levert because they're they're gonna be the spot ups because we we know we know the two guards between Mitchell and Garland are gonna have more of the primary um, offensive you know ball handling in terms of the scoring and playmaking standpoint. So their bench has to be better. Their bench has to be much better. Um, uh, because I feel like our, I feel like the Knicks roster, one through fifteen, is significantly better than um, uh, than the Cavs, and it showed last night, despite how ugly the game was. And I think it was a good win. There was still some things I didn't like. Obviously, again, I'm not a fan of the scheme. I'm not a fan of the four out, one in isolation scheme. I, I don't like it at all. Um, and 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 I feel like that's one of the reasons why. You know, Randall is as inconsistent as he is because he plays in that offense. If he moved without the ball a little bit more, played more like a power forward, roll hard to the basket, put pressure on the defense, put pressure on, on Mobley and Allen, uh, get to the get to the foul line. He doesn't get fouled a lot. If you think about it, with his usage, you would think he'd go to the free throw line. He doesn't. He doesn't go to the free throw line often. And that's because he settles for a lot of jump shots that, you know, he can make because he's talented. But in the playoffs, how sustainable is that? It's not. It's not. So good win. Good win from the Knicks. Still still a lot of things I'm concerned with. Uh, But, you know, the B1-0 is definitely better than the B down uh, 0-1 for sure. Everybody else else went, right? Michael hasn't went. Oh, Oh, okay. My fault. I don't – you're good. I was more in inner uh, invested in that uh, inbounds play by the Suns. I thought it looked pitiful, but uh, I think the Cavs will bounce back. I'm not. I'm not extremely worried on it. Uh, I do think losing that first game does set a little bit of a tone. So a punch in the mouth right here does have me a little bit, a little bit worried. I'm not too worried about it. I think Knicks for the NBA. It's great for the Knicks to get to win. I think for the Knicks move on would be great for the NBA. I do think Donovan Mitchell's story, just uh, going to Cavaliers, who the Knicks were interested in going there and to meet them in the playoffs to move on, I think would be phenomenal. Uh, You guys know that I'm a a Mitchell fan anyways. I think they'll bounce back. I I do think this will be a back-and-forth series. I don't know. I still feel like Cavs will win in six, but I don't know. Who knows where we're we're at now. Maybe I'm I'm trying to hide my worry a little bit more because I'm trying to – Speaking into existence here, CJ, how do you think it's going to go now? You really, you really asking that question? Put the Knicks in well, six. Well, I do from uh, so Knicks and six. Uh, again, okay. Again, I feel like we have a better. We feel like we have a better roster. We have a better roster, man. We have a better bench. Quick, quickly, and Grimes didn't play great yesterday, and they still got the victory. So <laughs> it's like you know, once those guys get going. Topping, topping played great. Nine points, four rebounds, a couple assists <laughs> in 14 minutes. 
Yeah, they probably Sorry. clip the clippers packing up the same. Russ, baby. You saw Russ? Yes, yes, sir. Got the Russ block. Lock him down. Let's freaking yes, go, man. Let's go. I, right, told, go. I told y'all this is gonna go six. Everybody was saying five. I'm like, yo, this is gonna go six. The clippers are gonna make us a series. Shoot. Try, try, try to, yeah, listen, man. Again, LeBron and AD. Yes, sir. When you rank, when you rank it, it's time. It's time. <laughs> yes, sir. That's it. Woo. Sorry, I had, I had a moment. Big win. Big, big win. Big win by the Clippers. Kawhi had 38. Sheesh. Jeez, let's that's, that dude, right I'm now. telling you. I'm telling let's you. Let's get into that right now. Let's get into <laughs> the last game. Yeah, this is actually wow. second last game. Yeah, the Terrence, we have to do that dunk, man. Come on, dog. <laughs> hey, I'm with it. I'm with it, man. You know, forget y'all. <laughs> I need that playoff animosity. My game. I, I need that playoff animosity. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, talk about your sons, man. How they folded this one. <laughs> well, I've been trying to focus more on on the show, but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't look good because I actually thought not having. Paul would be a W for us. Oh, yeah, it's playoffs. Yeah, the Suns will be okay. They'll be okay. <laughs> but I imagine does good. I'm okay with it because everyone hated him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm with it. Because everyone just wrote Westbrook it. off, and it wasn't so much Westbrook. It was just fitting in with that, that group, you know, like mm-hmm. – so the, the lockdown defense there, the block, the foul that wasn't caught, but the block on, on uh, Booker, I mean, it, it's great for that. The the rebounds that he had there, uh, y'all, I think, uh, Corbin, it's been like 20 minutes ago that you were talking about it because, you know, DJ talking about his Knicks, it was for, forever ago. But, like, Westbrook got two offensive rebounds, kept that play alive when you were talking about having no uh, outside presence to space the floor out. Westbrook was big for that, you know, as far as getting those rebounds. So, I mean, you, you got to love it that Westbrook's playing well on that. What's going on here? Yeah. It's the game. It's over, guys. I got point nine still. I got point nine too. It's over here. Yeah. Okay, good. My point is they won, and I'm happy about it. Like Russ had one of the worst shooting games. Classic Russ performance, but he put the clamps on. Dang. Yeah, offensively, it was not pretty. (laughs) It wasn't pretty at all. No, it really wasn't. It never is. It never is. Mm Mm-mm. What if Westbrook didn't step out of bounds when he threw that ball back for that dunk? Hey man, again, you know it's one, it's one game. I think it's going to be a long series. Uh, but Phoenix, I, t- I, I told you I was going six. Every everybody keeps everybody keeps saying five because there's no Paul George. I'm like, Clippers are going to make this thing a series. No, nah, I never mm-hmm. said. I never said five. No, I um, said six. But I yeah. let's freaking mm-hmm. go. I did. It played too much isolation. They play too much isolation basketball, man. It's gonna be a series for sure. It's Katie's first loss of Phoenix, crazy. And and one of coincidence, you play an actual good team, and what happens? And one, of, <laughs> and one of the underrated things about this Clipper team is, you know, we talked about Paul George not being there, but with both of those guys being out and missing time, the other, you know, the role players, everybody else in that roster got minutes they got opportunities to play in the regular season so they have confidence uh so you know when when their when their number is called in these moments they're they're more than like they, they they can answer the call they can answer the call and that's kind of the blessing in disguise when some of your guys get hurt is you have you know other players step up Ty Lue you know it's one of the best coaches top five head coach in the NBA 
Uh, so schematically, uh, it's a nice chess match between him and Monty Williams. And and I think Phoenix, sometimes they get too caught up in KD, book, ISO, everything. And Aiden, Aiden is, is just, <laughs> bro, I mean, the dude is not the dude is not that guy. He's not that guy. Um, <laughs> Yo, CJ does not CJ does not like Aiden. <laughs> he's not he's not that guy. I mean, he's a number one pick, bro. I, I, I get it. I get it. So I mean, you, so if you, you go number you go number one, it's a lot of pressure on you. I feel like he's the only number one pick that gets no pressure. <laughs> Everybody talks about Luca, Trey Young. Everybody like they went up that like they went one and two in that draft class, and they didn't. It was Aiden that went number one in that draft class. And he, he gets zero criticism. So yeah, I'm a, I mean, listen, bro, you gotta step, you gotta step up. You just got a bag this offseason. Um, so you went, you became a second option. Now you're a third option. Or maybe you're a fourth now because Chris Paul's obviously still a better player. Like, what do you I mean? You know, but you're not, it's like, but it's like defensively, he's a bot, bro. I mean, but it's like to to his defense, it's like it's like how can he really be that guy, especially offensively, when you're playing with Devin Booker and KD? I mean, like I'm not I'm not saying that he shouldn't play well, but it's like how are you how are you how are you going to be a top option? You're playing with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on your bro, team. You've been there, been there for five years, bro. I get that. I get that. KD just got there two months ago. You still have book. You still have book. We're going to take the offense away from Book. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be Aiden and Book. That was supposed to be the one-two punch, right or wrong? No, you're right. You're definitely right on that. Shaq Kobe, Shaq Kobe. But then again, to be fair, no, no, mind you, we didn't say that. They said that. No, yeah, yeah, that's what they, yeah, yeah. But also, to be fair, like they never actually gave Aiden a chance to be Shaq. What one season? Like he played one year when it was him alongside. You know, one bad year. Then it was him alongside. what it was him alongside um Booker and yeah. Rookie Rubio and um oh, yeah. you know those that cool, <laughs> right and then once they got Chris Paul back Chris Paul has a way if you look at it when's the last time Chris Paul great played with a great big man like even big Blake men Griffin. who have well, I even, no, I'm saying like a great like a center like like center, big center. Man, great, yeah Taylor, and even then like Blake Griffin it, yeah. yeah but all like you notice the big men like the centers who play alongside Paul are relegated to two jobs. Like we don't know if you, if any of them had a jump, but we know Tyson Chandler never jumped. But we know that you know. Um, yeah, Aiden sure didn't. Have one. Yeah, but Aiden when I Aiden came in, he flashed a little bit of something. Not that he'll get a chance to use it. You know, what I mean, like Chris Paul wants you to roll. Like he dictates the play, and the way that he plays it was immediately Chris Paul and Devin Devin Booker, and then we had Aiden somewhere there. Now, mind you, some of this got to go on Aiden. His lack of aggressiveness is a problem, right? He kind of fades in and out of games, that's for sure. But I also feel like he's not put in position. He knows, hey, I'm the third wheel. Like, if I know I'm the third wall all the time, I'm entitled to go and be like that, too. And, yeah, that's a weakness. But at the same time, he know he not gonna, you're not going to prioritize Aiden. When they say, oh, let's get the ball down to Aiden, even the Thunder used to give the ball to Kendrick Perkins for the very first play of the game just to give him a look. No reason. It made no sense. <laughs> I, I don't even know why Kendrick Perkins even needed it. It was the stupidest thing, right? But, <laughs> like, they understood they that. that you need your big man to feel engaged offensively to get the most defensively. And, 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 and we know that Perkins has no bag, right, or had no bag. Aiden can definitely do some things, but he always relegated to like garbage points and pick up. And then if someone's down, okay, Aiden, now it's time to step up. Like what? You know, yeah. I don't know. He should have been number one pick, but I don't think he's had like a completely fair shot in Phoenix. I, I mean, I, you guys, you guys make fair points. You guys make fair points, but again, this is year five. That is so, fair. 
<laughs> you know, this this is year five, and uh, they they brought in two all stars uh, to to move you down in, in the shot hierarchy, shot attempt hierarchy. Now, if if you're that guy, it's, it's that's not even a discussion. It's just not. You you, you, you see it, or you would see it already. Well, let me at least ask up. this. So, I mean, he had 20 points, eight rebounds, no assists, but he shot nine of 17, two of two from the free throw line, one block, which I agree. I mean, but I mean, blocks are kind of hard. And, and one turnover. Uh, his plus or minus was he's 13 plus. So, I mean. Great. He was. What? Booker was a negative six in the plus or minus. But like, what are you expecting him more to do? Because he only played 33 minutes when Kevin Durant and Booker played a plus 40 or 40 plus minutes. I mean, Chris Paul flirted with a triple-double. He only had seven points, but he had 11 rebounds and 10 assists. I mean, there's only so I'm not much saying he's the reason do, why they though. lost it. I'm not saying he's the reason why they, he lost, they, they lost this game. But what I'm also saying I, is, okay, now, I know, now and I'm not, not saying that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, what are you expecting to do? Well, what well, CJ is basically saying what, is what that I, he, has, he hasn't exceeded expectations in his five years. And what, I, what I, I agree What I expect him to do, what I expect him to do, number one, you're a center, so you have to protect the rim. You know you're the tallest player on your on the team, so you have to stop the other team from you know getting getting baskets. So block shots, like like we see with AD, you see AD gets out gets seven blocks, right in the game, and he's a power forward really. I'll change the right. game on that end. Okay, you're not getting your shots on offense. Change the game on the other side of the court. That's hard. I'm not telling him to, I'm not saying go get 40, but I'm saying, okay, listen, okay, KD's there, Booker, Paul, got it, I got it. Okay, you're not going to get the, you're not going to score. But what else are you doing on the, you're, you're still getting 30 plus minutes. How else are you changing the game? That, that's, that's, that's what, and then you, like I said, you're a center. So you could change the game more than more than anyone on the court. So that's again, I'm not saying he's the reason why they lost the game. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if they want to win a championship, he has to bring it on both ends of the court. Okay, when the second unit is out there and he and he could be he could be that first option, second option type guy when Booker and KD are on the bench. Okay, great. You could bring you could bring your offensive skill set there. But when KD and Booker and, and the CP3 are out there, change the game on defense. Why can't he do that? I, you tell no lies, man. You got silence because yeah. Yes, sir. All right. You yeah. say it doesn't have the footwork. Would you say, Michael? Michael, I think I think that's what he said. I don't know. My my internet's going in and out. I I, I don't know if y'all heard me. I said the reason why he can't is because he he can't really do footwork very well. I mean, he's his uh, versatile or as far as line. Movement horizontal is not very well. Uh, I mean, I understand. I, mean, I'm with I, you, I don't, I don't see in, the other bigs having that much better footwork. Like, I don't think Jokic has great footwork, and B or well, B does. And Jokic don't even call up any towns doesn't. But, I mean, fair point. That's why. They, that's I mean, why. They are you saying there. Jokic protects the rim better? No, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying that Jokic is a better defender. I'm just saying, like you know, like I mean, there's a lot of bigs out here that don't have elite footwork. 
Right, but we're talking – well, at least my point, what I was going with what CJ was saying, like go go change it on the other end on defense. Well, the reason why I can't protect the rim or protect the paint is because the lack of uh, versatile movement there. And he's like Joker. Like he can't move very well. But, I mean, as far as offense, like he, he can't – he has capability. I, I've said the whole year that he doesn't really have great footwork even on the post. Like a couple of plays that I was able to watch or watch while we were on the show here was, I mean, he caught it. He basically is turning his hips and shooting. Like, I mean, he's just taller. He can shoot that. And he has a good touch, to sh- a good shot. But as far as a big man move, like you don't see him doing anything like Embiid where he's two dribbles to the inside, spin to the outside, fade away jump shot or up and under and then just, you know, dunk it on somebody like it. You don't really see uh, a bar of tricks that he can do. Like it's just catch and shoot basically. So, I mean, I understand and I'm with you. Like he he doesn't have much skill set of weapons. But like with the team that he has now, like, I don't know what what his caliber, what he needs to be bringing to the table because you got KD for your scoring, you got Booker for your scoring, you got Chris Paul who's going to distribute everything. And I agree, he's the first overall pick, but obviously he wasn't that guy, and that's why they went out and got these other people. So like he's he's on the back burner of that stuff. So I mean, what what do we? I, I don't have him on that caliber anymore because you couldn't do it with Booker and Aiton. So you went out and got Chris Paul. And that puts you on a second level. Now you went out and got KD, and that's put you on a higher level. Like Aiton's in the past now, basically. And Booker and KD is the one to, with Chris Paul leading them to the promised land as far as veteran. I'm not saying Chris Paul is the the leader on that. But like Aiton, if he gives me 25 points, great. I would like to have more than eight rebounds. Like I think he should average a double double, but he's not going to be getting three blocks a game. That's a problem. He just he can't do it. But I think also like it's like it's like when I look at this Suns team, and especially when you got KD and Booker, it's like the reason why Aiden is kind of forgotten in the or I wouldn't say forgotten, but the reason why he's not really implemented into the offense is just because of the fact that you know I mean it's like when we look at guys like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, you know those guys are able to initiate the offense, so you know they could show the ball handling, the perimeter game, and everything else. Not saying that Aiden doesn't have that, but he he doesn't play he doesn't have it to the level of those other two guys. So I think with him with the inability to really initiate and do things for himself, I think that kind of takes away from him being a main factor into the offense. Oh, he could get offensive rebounds. Like we don't know what Aiden's really capable of. I agree. He's traded. But why why do why do we have to why do we have to wait until I don't I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Again, again, okay, listen, you're not you're not getting the shots. What, what I agree with something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he should he should be able to find other ways to be productive on the court. If you want to win a championship, you, you need at least one or two guys that do the little things that the other that the star players won't do. Why can't he be one of those guys? That's all I'm saying. You're a fourth I, option. Now. I don't cool. Is that guy? Like I'm and, I had you know, uh, Johnson. Talking to us about that uh, over in the uh, Europe League, talking about how Aiton wasn't that physical of a guy and just, well, wasn't that guy at all. So, I mean, I didn't think he deserved the bag that he got. I was actually hoping that they would, what was Indiana that made the big offer for him and then the Phoenix. Yeah. They matched with yeah. Or matched with Phoenix and someone else, you know, someone that's a little more. 
agile, I guess, versatile as far as movement that could protect the rim and just catch the lobs. Because with Chris Paul, that's all you need as a big. A person that can set a pick and run to the rim and catch a lob. That's all you really need as a big man who can block the shots. Other than that, Aiton's a waste of talent really on this team. In my eyes, because he's not showing what he can do at all on the block and then catch it, turn around and shoot. I wouldn't say he's a waste yeah. of talent. It's just, you know, it's, it's difficult, man. Again, you know, the Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard was special in this game. Man. Uh, you know, 30, 38. This is his first time being in the playoffs in two years. And he tore his ACL against Utah. You know, he's, he's on a mission. He's on a mission. One, to put the Clippers back, you know, put the Clippers in a position to win, win the championship. That's what we've been waiting to see for the, for four years since he signed with the Clippers. Um, so it's, this is his time, too. It's, it's, it's his time, too. Everybody's talking about KD and Book, and deservedly so. They're both special talented players, and we know what Phoenix has done over the last three years uh, with the success they've had. But Ka- Ka- Kawhi is that guy. Kawhi is that guy, man. You know, he can get to his spots. No one could guard him, just like no one could guard KD. No one could guard Kawhi. Um, and it, those those other players, you know, the role players and the rest of that roster on the Clippers, Zubats and Plumlee had a double-double um, in, in this game. Dominating on the boards, Batum, Gordon, EG's back in the Clipper uniform. We know how well he played uh, his early days with the Clippers. Knocking down big shots, knocking down free throws late. Russ, we, we, we know his flaws, but we know he again he he could he could step up defensively. He'll go get a rebound if need be. Uh, he'll get a steal, a block if necessary. Knock down some big free throws tonight as well in the clutch. Big win. This is a big win. This is a big win for uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers. And then, and it, went, it was a two two possession game, so it could have went it could have went either way, but. You, you you need those guys for Phoenix. You need those guys to do the little. You need those other guys, Akogi, uh, Biombo, Craig. You need those other players. You know, do do the small details, do the little things on the court, get the offensive rebounds, get those hustle plays. That's what that's what matters in the playoffs, bro. You can't coast. You can't coast, man. You you have you have to do other things on the court to have an impact. Sons and six, okay. I, I'm st- I still I'm still fi- I'm still picking Phoenix, but I'm just saying like you know they have to they, they got to step up they got to step up and do some other things. But they got they got to switch it up. This is going to be a chess match. Like I said, Ty Lue, Ty Lue's seen it all, bro. This is this is a yeah. guy that was down one three in the NBA Finals and came back and won the championship. So you know you know if, if there's any coach that can what was scheme what's up. You say so, Michael Lee. Did he not play? Did I miss something? Oh, Damian, Damian Lee. Lee? Uh, Lee. Well, I mean, they got two Lees actually. Nah, they, yeah, Damian Lee. Yeah, he didn't play tonight. No, like they I didn't did, see nah. him play at all. Josh Kogi didn't play too much either. Josh Kogi. Yeah, six minutes. Tony Craig had a good game. And you know, and you know that's expected. You know, a lot of coaches that you know they have a short rotation. You know, eight. Yeah, I mean, your rotation. your rotation is basically minimized to eight. You know, once the playoffs start. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but but even still, you know, whoever's out there, got to make it happen. And mm-hmm. and again, 
It's eight. You know, Aiden, Aiden, should, Aiden should be dominating Plumlee and Zubats. I, I they're good players. They're, they're good players. They're, they're, they're really good players. And they're physical. And they're going to make it tough on him for sure. Um, but when he gets his opportunities, he, he needs to step up. All right, we got Heat in the Bucks. Game one reaction. Big win. Big win by the Miami Heat. Obviously, the bigger, the big news was, you know, Giannis with the lower back contusion uh, was going to miss this game. Uh, Budenholzer said the, the x-rays came back clear. So it doesn't look like he's going to be – he's going to miss a lot of time, which is good. Probably, I'd probably say maybe a game. He, he, he might miss game two or not. We'll see depending on the treatment and, the, you know, what happens there before game two. But, uh, Corbin, what's your thoughts on, on this game between uh, the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks? I was surprised. I think honestly that like I was surprised by the way Miami came out. Um and they scrapped and fought. And I mean, let's be real, the loss of Giannis was rough and I get the whole I'm not gonna comment the whole ban charge and ban the charge and everything because we saw a little bit of that with John Moran as well. But that was a big move. That was a big play. I don't think the Bucks came out with the requisite energy anyway, but he were already up and and, and that, I'm not saying it was a lead that was insurmountable, but they already had a healthy lead at the time that, that uh the injury occurred. Um with that being said. Gene Butler, you know how he gets when the playoffs come around, right? Win, lose, or draw, he comes out with an aggressive mentality that you don't see in the regular season, and it's big, and it's it's profound. And what, 35 points, 11 assists on 15, 27 shooting? Like, that is, okay, we're just going to get shots. We're going to go at it. We're going to be the head of the snake, follow my lead. And folks did. Bam went to buy with 22 points. A uh, pair of 15-point performances by both Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin that helped out as well. You had a little bit of a team effort. And this, without the services of, you know, Tyler Hero for much of who broke his hand and hit it through the broken hand, which crazy, crazy stuff for real. You know, um, and, and without, I mean, Kyle Lowry played 18 minutes, didn't do a whole lot in that time. Kevin Love actually got 18 points. Really solid there. Just really solid basketball for this Heat team. For the Bucks, I think the loss of Giannis shook him a little bit. Chris Milton played well. Efficient 33 points. That was great. But aside from that, you had 21 points from Bobby Portis off the bench. You know, 16 for Drew Holiday, and you just didn't get a whole lot else. And I think some of that will bounce back. I doubt the Bucks are going to shoot 24% from three next game, right? Um, At the same time, Giannis' ability to put pressure on the rim, you know, his ability to you know, open up the floor for some of his other teammates. That's going to, that, that loss was big and we'll see if it's a loss the Bucks have to endure moving forward. And so I look at this one like, Hey, this is game one injuries obviously played a factor. We'll see the status of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. We'll see the status of Tyler Hero. We'll see, you know, the Bucks maybe return to the mean in terms of shooting level. And then we'll see how Miami responds as well. And I think this is a great kind of game one feel out game. I feel like this is very much, along the lines of um, the Kings and Warriors in the sense that, yeah, one game was won, but you can see adjustments on both sides, and this is far from over. I have no – I have an opinion that the Bucks are still going to win this in five, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Giannis being injured depends how long and how how, how, how impactful the injury was and how long he'll be out. Bucks in five. Bucks five. I, 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 originally, <laughs> had, I originally had Bucks in four, but unfortunately I got to go Bucks in five. Uh, but, you know – even though I'm not really high on Miami in the playoffs, I definitely got to give them credit in this match. I mean, you're just taking advantage. I think the biggest thing for me was them really them really exploiting Milwaukee's defense in the paint. You know, they ended up having 62 points in the paint compared to 46 for Milwaukee. So definitely um, establishing themselves inside and really getting uh, high quality shots. And then it was really and then it was really the supporting cast. You know, Kevin Love played phenomenal. Kevin Love played really good basketball today, kind of showing old flashes of, of his old self. So definitely kudos to him 
Bam had a solid overall game, 22 points, I think, nine rebounds and seven assists. So definitely a better game from what he did in the playing tournament. And then, of course, you know, Corbin mentioned, you know, Jimmy Butler. I mean, we all know what he does, especially when the playoffs roll around, you know, him being a great leader, him rising to the occasion whenever whenever his team needs needs him to be so. But I will say this, this depending on how, how serious this Giannis injury is, it can be a game changer. So we'll just we'll just have to wait for the updates. Hopefully he'll play in game two, maybe not. But honestly, even if he does not come back, I mean, I think Miami definitely needs to look at this as a as def, definitely as as a situation to just, you know, go head on and try to win this series. So I mean, look, it's not gonna be an easy road. You know, Chris Middleton had a solid game. Um Bobby Portis, you know, provided the spark as well. Drew Holiday, in my opinion, was gonna be a really great factor in the series. So I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say it'll be an easy series win for Miami if Giannis is out for the for the for the remainder of the series, but you know the odds will probably be more in their favor. You know if Giannis is out for the majority of the series. Yeah, that that's obviously the biggest question, right? Is you know how you know how long is is, is Giannis out for? Um, Miami, I did not expect them to shoot that well from three. I think they went 15 to 25 from three um, in this game. And like Corbin talked about, the the Bucks shot terrible from the three point line. So, uh, you know, if both of those teams somehow you know, they they meet their median in regards to that factor, I think we, we can see Milwaukee get a W. Chris Middleton played great, and it's unfortunate that Giannis wasn't there because, um, you know, we haven't we have we didn't see it last year because Middleton missed missed uh, missed most of the majority of the playoffs with with the knee injury. And he wasn't even really 100% going into this one. He had, you know, guy I got injured again with that same knee, but he still stepped up, had a big game. I just think the way they played, <laughs> they let some of those guys get open, stay open because when you look at percentages and how those guys shoot, they're not great three-point shooters. They just happen to hit those shots tonight. Tyler Hero not being there is tough. I mean, that, that's that's a difficult. That's a difficult uh, loss. That's a tough loss for for the Miami Heat because where are you going to get your you know eighteen to twenty points from? Uh, is it going to be Struess? I saw Duncan Robinson knock down the three. Kyle Lowry, you know, whenever he decides to show up and, and play basketball, will, will he will he contribute and make some plays with his championship pedigree and his experience in the playoffs? They need him. They need him. Gabe Vincent played well tonight, um, but they need they need some of those guys that that have that playoff experience like Lowry. Uh, you know, to, to bring it, man. Um, and, and Bam, I'm looking at Bam too. But with Giannis being out, he got to eat. Has to eat in that paint. Go one on one. Go in, go into Brook Lopez's chest. Get him in foul trouble. Go you be dominant in that paint, bro. I mean, this this is a big opportunity for you to establish yourself and show, you know, you know why you're a primary second option on this Miami Heat team. And and Jimmy Butler, just I, I don't I don't know what else I don't know what else we could say. Obviously, you know, it's a big, big comp and, and, and discussion between, you know, Paul George and, and Jimmy Butler. That's always been a who would you rather take uh, conversation, barbershop talk discussion for, you know, the last, you know, I want to say six, seven years or so. But come playoff time, this guy shows up. You know, there's no there's no way off P <laughs> or, you know, pandemic P nicknames for, for Jimmy Butler during this time of the year. Nope. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, he, he steps up. 35 and 11, three steals. Just, it's just a, you know, it's just exactly what you want from, from your franchise player on um, the show up during this time of the year. And you're always going to have a shot uh, with, with someone like a guy like Jimmy Butler. So big win for Miami. K Love also stepped up. Uh, Nick talk, just talked about that. 
and they're, they're going to need they're going to need all their guys really again with hero being out they're going to need they're going to need those other guys to step up and make plays and, and knock down some big shots um if they want to win if they want to win three more still still going bucks and five baby we're going to keep saying that i'm ready to, <laughs> i'm ready to see miami wrap it up man because i mean because let's be real man i mean you know we, we've had this conversation before but you know it, i mean obviously not with corbin but this is my opinion i just like when i look at the whole the easter conference as a whole it's like i've seen milwaukee improve boston improve philly improve even atlanta improve somewhat like the only team that I haven't really seen improve since the bubble is the Miami Heat. You know, we always give them that praise for that for that bubble run getting to the finals, but I haven't really seen much really improvement as a roster. I mean, and, and look, I mean, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Give kudos to them, but I'm just not really a believer in this team really making big noise in the Eastern Conference. No, I'm not a believer in them making making big noise in the Eastern Conference. But if you know, if Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, misses a lot of time. You know, it, it definitely you know sways that series differently, um, as opposed to if if he was out there. So, man, I guess you just got to see the status of Giannis. You know, do I think the Bucs can win a game, a, a game or two without Giannis? Yes. I mean, they were number one seed for a reason. Giannis missed some time um, throughout the season this year, and they still played. They they still won some games. Drew Holiday stepped up. Brooke Lopez. Those guys have to step up in Giannis's absence, and they can definitely do that. See, Nick. Thanks. He supposed he supposed your name like the team. <laughs> Nick hates the Heat as much as he hates blue cheese. Sheesh. I don't hate the Heat. I don't hate the Heat. So I just I just think Nick that you know I, I, I think game. I think. <laughs> Who said that? Uh, Michael said Victor dropping thirty next game. Got to get on the court first, brother. Yeah. DMP. But no, I, I don't hate Miami. I just I just think the front office need to make some tweaks to the roster, but you know. Yeah, I agree. They need one more piece. You know, I think they should definitely inquire about Damian Lillard. Uh it's that, that I feel like that's that's the best move for, for Miami and for Lillard. It's it's to go get it's to, to acquire him, man. They they need that second guy next to Jimmy Butler. You got Butler and Lillard in the playoffs, bam, as your third option, spoke coaching. It's a tough out. I mean, it, you, you take it. I mean, if you're if you're a Heat fan, you like your chances against any of those top teams in the East with Butler and Lillard and Bam. Um, and then you got a you know a two time champion a head coach, for sure. Oh my goodness, Dane for Robinson and a pick. No, it's gonna take a little bit more than that. <laughs> Robinson will be in that deal. You Hero yeah, probably be in that. Hero would be in that deal. Um, Did you see the game pick. quote from earlier? Hang on, hang on. I need to pull it up. And a few picks. Uh, Going to take a couple picks, man. Apparently, Dame still wants to stay in Portland, so who knows? I'm tired of hearing about that, man. You don't want to wear a ring, okay? I get it. Like, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> that's... All right. Like I, you know, I saw I saw his interview on Stephen A's World, and 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 pretty much he he said that he said what we've been saying on the show is. He's, he's putting pressure on the, on the Blazers front office. It's like, what, what, what's your direction? You know, do you want to rebuild or do you want to reload and, and, and try to, you know, win while I'm here in my prime. And, and right now it's just been in the middle for, for the, because they, they drafted, they had Shaden Sharp, they got Anthony Simons, but those guys haven't made significant leaps yet to, to, to for them to, 
to contend in the Western Conference. So I just feel like he's I, – I, I agree. I feel like he's wasting his time. Um, they, they need to just tell him and communicate and be transparent. Like, yo, we, we want to rebuild. This is what we want to do. And, uh, you know, we'll send you to wherever you want to go uh, because obviously you've done, you know, incredible things for the city, for the franchise. So obviously his jersey and everything is going to be retired, all of that stuff, type of stuff when the time is right. Send them to a winning contending team, whether it's in the West or the East, and, and let's move on, bro. Um, because right now, this guy had one. He had a career year last year, and he's, he's sitting at home watching the playoffs. Mm. <laughs> so it's just, you know, I, I just, I, I, that's that's the thing for me. I just, I don't understand the front office. It's like, why weren't you trying to get KD? Why weren't you trying to get? Obviously, you don't want to get Kyrie because that's, you know, that's a that's an overkill. But why weren't you? Why were you trying to do everything to go get Kevin Durant? If because I have they to move, si- if I have to move, if I have to move Simons and 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 Sharp and you know Jeremy Grant and picks, so be it. It's Kevin Durant, KD, and Lillard. Kidding me? Uh, it's just weird. It's just weird, man. I, you say because they want to rebuild. Tell Dane that, and he's that's pretty much what he's saying. Like, if you want to rebuild, then I'm out of here. That's pretty much what he said in the interview on Wednesday. But like, like they have no yeah. option. Like it, you should like just know the room. Like they're not going to be able to be able to champion around you, considering where they're at. Like that's not happening. So you're putting pressure on. It's like, listen, y'all. I'm putting pressure on us to go on Sports Center tomorrow night. Like I'm, I'm putting real pressure on us right now. Like, okay, but unless they come call, like it's it's not up to you, and it's not really up to them. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. It, it's one of those things to me. It, it, I get it, but I don't. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I'm putting real pressure on Holly Berry right now to reach out to me on Twitter. Like I'm putting significant pressure on Holly Berry to reach out to me on Twitter. And he said, okay. he said, like this is this is a you know this is the biggest off season in Blazer history, and I agree. Yeah, well, I agree. The end of an era. It's just time to let it go. Like for, forget all that. Forget all that old pressure. Like it, it's time to let it go. It's it's been too long. Because what what is Damon like? What this was like year eleven for him. Yeah, time He's to go. Like thirteen. He came in 2012? 12. Yeah, 12. So this is, yeah, 11. Year 11. Yep. Again, he's in, his, he's in his prime, man, and I just don't want to see him waste his prime staying with, with a poverty franchise. <laughs> you said imagine, imagine, imagine dropping 70 points to your team still don't make the playoffs, bro. Crazy. Imagine having to average 40 just to win. Yeah, or, or just to win. 40. And you're not winning, yeah. Like you comfortably were able to sit out for the last twelve games of the season. Like that's how far you were. You know what I mean? Sad, sad man. All right, last last segment uh, before we end the show. Um, we got the T Wolves and the Nuggets. I think this is an underrated series. If yeah, big if 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 we get dominance from Cat and Gobert, because they you know collectively. Both of them, what they bring to the table as a front court, can create issues for a team like Denver because they don't have elite rim protection. Um, it sucks that this guy punched the wall and broke his hand uh, because uh, Jalen McDaniels, because I feel like he could have brought some a great defensive presence on the perimeter, you know, to make shots difficult for Murray, make shots difficult for MPJ. Corbin, who, who you got in this series, man? And in how many games? I have the Nuggets, and I have it in five. I think you might get one really good um, Edwards game. At least I'm hoping that there's one for him. 
um, available to get. But aside from that, I feel like there's a reason, you know, the Nuggets have been where they are. And I think that Jokic can give Gobert significant issues. I think that um, defensively, the Wolves are going to kind of push it to the limit. And offensively, I mean, I don't know if they have enough juice. That's my personal philosophy. They might be able to pull stuff together. But, again, the loss of Jay McDaniel is significant. And mind you, do the Nuggets have that wing guy that would be difficult? Michael Porter is one of those guys. But ultimately, the main guy I think about is Jamal Murray. I think that McDaniels would be a nice cross-match defender on both those guys. I definitely see the Wolves competing. And I guess right now it's close. But as for the series, yeah, if the Nuggets are really who we think they are or hope they are and that they think they are, like, they should dispatch Minnesota with a little issue in my opinion. Nick, what about you, brother? I got the Nuggets in six. I think I think that Minnesota can make it interesting to get possibly two wins, but it all does depend on, you know, I, I agree with CJ. I think it really does depend on how Cat really comes out because Cat, the playoff resume isn't necessarily there. You know, he had his ups and downs even last year in the first round against Memphis. And I think that he really needs to come out in this series assertive, honestly. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, Ant-Man, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a big game around Ant-Man as well that could possibly, possibly lead to a win. But, you know, it's like it's like Corbett saying, you know, the Nuggets, I know many people are not really believers in them, especially in this tough Western Conference, but they are number one team for a reason. They've been they've been one of the more consistent teams in the West through the course of the season. Jokic, in many people's eyes, will win his third MVP award, and we just got to see how it really translates to the playoffs. So I got I got Denver one of this game and uh, or one of the series in six games, and pretty much it. Well, I like I like the Nuggets in six, just because Minnesota, you know, they're they're known to you know get leads and blow leads. They have a lot of defensive lapses at wrong stages throughout the game, uh, as we saw in that playing game against the Lakers, as we saw in that first round against the Grizzlies last year. Um, and, you know, I think now, you know, the addition of Mike Conley could calm some things down, could calm that offense down with his experience and his veteran leadership. I think that was a great, great pickup um, for Minnesota. But again, I look at the front court of Cat and, and Gobert. You, 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 made, you made all these, you gave up all these, you know, players and picks for Gobert for this series right here. <laughs> Straight up, because Jokic is a dominant paint presence. And go. And this is perfect for him. You, you can't. You don't. You don't have to play. You can't play. It's not like the Dallas Mavericks and, and the Clippers, where they could go small and, and have go bear out on the perimeter, and it's difficult for him to defend. Jokic is a paint presence, and Gobert is a rim protector. So th- this this is the they got they they got the perfect matchup for why they got Gobert. So let's see what they do. Let's see what they do. And and cat on Jeff Green. Jeff Green's a great, you know, great role player. You know, he always has a, that that one dunk every season where we're like, yo, he turns back the clock. Good player, great role player. Everywhere he goes, he makes an impact. But if I'm Cat, I'm like, this is who you, this is who you got guarding me. Come on, got to step up. Has to bring it. And and if if he's dominant in this series, and if Gobert brings it on on his end of the court, and, and we get the obviously the contribution from from Anthony Edwards on the perimeter, this could be a this could be a a, a, diff, a, a tough series, man. A tough series, but I'm still going with Denver because I just don't trust Minnesota and 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 with the way they they don't they have they struggle they struggle to close uh, close games they struggle to close games and they blow leads and they just you know they get in their own way way too often um, for them for them for for me to trust them so uh, it's an interesting series um, and again you know if Cat and Gobert if they bring it 
on both ends and, and make Jokic work. I just I just saw a play right now. They go Bears calling for the ball in the post. Wow. Finally. <laughs> it's been a decade. That is right? a bold prediction. I, w- I want to see him go to work. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I just, they just gave him the rock. Uh, Kyle Anderson gave him the rock right there on a, on a little slip off. It's it's about time. It's about time that he's uh, unlocked that part of his game. He has to. What are we waiting on? What are we waiting on from him? But like I said, all in all, I'm, I'm gonna still go with the I'm still go with the Nuggets and six, just because they have the better roster. Uh, they have the they have the best player in this series, and um, and listen, we we talked about why they lost and why they got bounced out the last two years because they didn't have their full roster. That's not an excuse now. So get it done. Do what you need to do in advance. Yeah, All right. That was, that was a good closeout. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <Max>. All right. <laughs> All right. That wraps up the show. Thank you, everybody, for stopping by. Again, if you're on YouTube, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Uh, when you hit that notification bell, make sure you hit all so you can see when we drop our videos, our shorts, and obviously the live streams like you guys hit are that watching notification today bell. on Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. Make sure you like us, give us a follow, Instagram, follow us, and also on Twitter at MNC Hoops. Corbin, man, thank you again for, for stopping by and joining the show, man. Where can the people find you again? Hey, I appreciate y'all always for having me on. It's a lot of fun with y'all, and y'all have a great show and just good vibes. So I appreciate that. Real hoop fans, like, this is where it is. Um, but you can find me on, on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Definitely appreciate that. C O R B A N N B A. All of my stuff will be there. And um, again, y'all, always fun linking up. I'm very grateful. I appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Nick, where can the people find you, my brother? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First and foremost, follow us. On all platforms at MSC Hoops, subscribe to the YouTube, hit that notification bell so you can get updates, notifications on any video that drops. You know, we're going to definitely have some content coming this week, so make sure to tune in. Um, subscribe to us on all platforms as well, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I give us five-star reviews. I think that we are deserving of that. Also, as for me, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Andre ATR, and you can check out my link tree where you'll see podcasts, articles, everything else. C James nine underscore on Twitter, MNC Hoops obviously on Instagram, Guard Up Pod, Knicks Boulevard, uh, my 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 Knicks page and Knicks podcast. Make sure you guys check that out as well. Got a recap from Game One coming out tomorrow. Um, so yeah, man, uh, we, you know we're working. This is this is the time of the year that these guys are playing in the games, but content creators like us, we, we, we got to put that work in as well if we're trying to get to where we want to go. So. Uh, make sure you follow me on the, on those platforms, man. Really appreciate everybody for tuning in, stopping by. Uh, Corbin, again, appreciate you again. Hopefully, this is not the last time you, uh, we see you during this playoff this playoff time. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one, man. Michael obviously has some connection issues. He'll be back next week, ready to rock, ready to go. Um, um, so we'll get we'll get the full trio uh, rocking for next week, man. Appreciate you guys. See you guys next week. Deuces.